Hey, everybody, do you like comics? Do you like podcasts? Do you like comic book podcasts? And also, do you like gems? Well, I like all of those. That's why I really, really like the Second Print Comics podcast run by two gems, Mark and Remzo. And they have episodes drop every Wednesday. And this coming up Wednesday is a really, really good episode. So what I want everybody to do who is listening right now is whatever sort of device you use to listen to our podcast, search out Second Print Comics Podcast, subscribe, because on Wednesday, they are going to be talking about the Robin miniseries from 1991. And if you're not aware, that is the Tim Drake Robin series. And it's a really Really good episode I'm not that in tune with Tim Drake It's one of the gray areas Of my DC fandom And it really, really did A excellent job of getting me Up to speed, but also enjoying Every minute of it And I don't know if you know this But I'm on and talk about a lot of comics During the week, and so when I go And have some downtime, it's not really Comic book stuff that I usually go To try to listen to But the Second Print Comics Podcast, and Mark and Remzo, they're so good. I end up listening to it every time an episode drops. And to tell you how much I do enjoy it, I have been a patron of theirs for quite some time. So I'm fancy. I have my pinky up, and I get to listen to the episodes early because they do have early access for all of those as well. And let me tell you where else to go and follow the Second Print Comics Podcast. Please go to Twitter and Instagram at Second Print Pod. Follow them there. Then go to their website at secondprintcomics.com and then go to their Patreon like me, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. You will not be disappointed. Please go. Let me know what you think. All of that stuff. But thank you, you gems, Mark and Remzo. Gems they are. Now off to this week's show. <laughs> Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm one part of our gruesome twosome, Eric Shea. And I'm the other part, Jim Werner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 408. I'm playing games now, Eric. I'm involved. I didn't even know you were going to end up handing me that baton. Thank you very much. That's why you're my bias. Hey, everybody. Don't know what that means. All you weirdos out there, welcome to the Get Fresh Crew <laughs> and the big podcast here where... We have a bunch of books, very Bat-centric, but totally bat-centric. You know, it isn't that the landscape of Nightwing today's and DC Nightwing Superman. <laughs> yes, I love the idea that one of the non-Bat books is Superman, Son of Kal-El, Nightwing, big in that one. All right, that's how it goes. But, hey, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, as they used to say back in the orphanage. And with huh? all of that, it was a hard-knock life, Eric. With all oh. that, if you want to get more of Eric Shea, and some of me and everything with the Weird Science. Go over to Twitter and follow us at Weird Science DC. Then go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Then go to our Instagram, Weird Science Comic. And finally, go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science to help us out for all the things that we do here on the podcast, but get plenty of other podcasts in, you know, in exchange. Also, 
I don't know. But this week, the spotlight, one of the big things that we do each and every Thursday night, we do two books from that week's books at DC Comics, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. (laughs) And at the end, you'll hear us talk about what comes up next week and whatnot. And if you're not on the Patreon, don't know what that means when we say, oh, I think the badasses will pick this, pick that. Just be, you know, rest assured that I always get it wrong. It's true. Because I, I do now. At first, I thought I had a pretty good track record. Right now, I do not. And what ended up being on this week's spotlight was the Bendis, what did you call it the again? The Bendis I, Breakdown. The Bendis Breakdown, it was. And Justice it was, League versus Legion of Superheroes number two and Naomi season two number one. That is true, Eric. Very good. Very good. I, I see you are playing at home and paying attention. So, with that, you can go. It it was a little over an hour, maybe closer to an hour and a half, that podcast. But if you're not aware, also, we also have a Friday night show on Thank this God feed. Thank God it's Friday. Everybody goes ape over there and gets bananas. And we yeah, ended right up talking about the trial of the Amazons, number one, and newbie in the Amazons, number six, part one and two of the trial of the Amazons event. So if you haven't listened to that, please go and check that out. We had... A little bit of fun. I don't know that we went bananas, Eric, but we try to have a little bit of fun, make it a little bit different over there. But we're here for this podcast. And as we mentioned, most of the things that we do are driven by the bad asses of that Get Fresh crew. Uh, 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 and here is their roll call, Eric. Uh, uh. See, I wasn't going to do it. And I was like, you screw did. it. You can't contain me, Eric. You can't. You can't hold can. me down. Well, really, that is true. They keep falling off. I don't know how. Ted Probst, I love Punchline, Michael S., Bars, Polly, Camp, Joseph Wojcik, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Matches Blown, and Lord Andy. Matches Blown, Niels Keyword, David Fink. Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Jason C. That's Sue, a 42 to you and me. The Michael G. I'm getting off, Eric. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Arake, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Alvin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos. Now, last week, I'll tell you, Eric, I started giggling in the middle, and I don't know if you realize because... Lone Wolf Marv changed his name to No Wolf Marv, and it completely threw me off. And I didn't realize why it, it was making me giggle until I edited it. I'm like, wait a minute. I went, look, he changed his name on me. Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Man, Chip, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, my man Pete from NYC, Mark Robbins, that is a Batman Beyond, Mark Barman, Rob Lewis, B. Muir, oh my gosh. Randy Murray, these poor people. Aaron. Hey there, and that's Double Aaron, and also a shout out. I thought I had less time. Shout out to the there, like, you could have told that Lone Wolf Marv story after the fact if you no, wanted no, to. No, I needed it to be relevant at the time, Eric, is what ends up happening. And th- those people know they love the idea that they're at the end. You gotta manage your time better. Zip through. <laughs> I should have a timer, is what I don't even know how long that song is. I, I Maybe I should learn by now. Maybe. I, I usually think that I have a, a good feel for it, Eric. I don't know why I you think that. I don't know. I, I not like a track record that shows things. that. Well, again, I have very bad track record all over the place, it seems, except actually on the track, Eric, because that's when I'm lightning. Cool way. Okay. I've been running a little more lately, oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm not lightning. <laughs> Run into the fridge. <laughs> Run into McDonald's. Oh, my goodness, Eric. Oh, but at least right now we're in good spirits. Uh, He's loving it, everybody. <laughs> hell of a week we had, Eric. And with that, too, as a shout-out to our man Reggie. And a weird deal, me and you both had 
a weird little connection with Reggie this week where we were both kind of talking to Reggie unbeknownst to the others and walking around work in the warehouse is talking out loud like a psychopath to Reggie. I was laying down for bed like Tuesday night or Monday or whatever it was, and I was talking to Reggie. And, you know, I was a little more nice in my talk, I think. So, Reggie, you hear that, just go there. You did keep her. You're not faking the funk with Reggie. Right. Right, I think Reggie would appreciate that. Shout out out to Reggie. Uh, I do miss him. We ended up listening or at least putting up on our Patreon the serial podcast that we had done before the Necessary Necessary nonsense. Nonsense. And it's so funny that people did end up messaging me and said you know what i forgot how much reggie tried to keep you two under wraps like <laughs> he really would try to keep us down and and that would spur us on but you can tell when i listen to it i'm like most of my whole existence when reggie was recording with us was just to make him laugh that's all it was my existence with you is to make you grind your teeth eric which will probably start right about now as we go off to the first section of books a bat section in a bat podcast so away we go Eric, they have taken over, and we're getting close to the end of the this take over, right? No longer has scissors in her hand, Jim. She's got a gun in her hand. She does Just have like a Janie. gun. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Janie had a gun, and so does Anna Volsian. And I think that Mariko Tsumaki needs to figure out what the story is. But that's just me, Eric. And we'll get the into last this one, all. Like, Anna's got a gun. Yeah. That's <laughs> the, I, actually, as just that was all panel. going, all that was going, and all I could think of is, what am I going to do next, Eric? Oh, my goodness. We have the Shadow War coming up. And, again, we have a bunch of these events. But that the song that we need is for the first section. And the Bat Books will always be the first section. For the most part, I'm talking the main Batman book. So what am I going to do for the Shadow War? Oh, my God. I'm not telling, Eric. I have right. no idea. No idea okay. whatsoever. I was thinking, like, war. Okay. What what rhymes with that? Maybe war, right? I war. Do that. Four, okay, that's what we usually do. We're yeah. there. You're you're getting something. Usually, you can tell when I've really run out of ideas. Podcast four. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I end up always messaging you. Give me some ideas, my man. I have you no don't idea. Don't like any of them. And I uh, know usually you end up triggering something else because yours are I so. a lot of your, people. Yours are so bad that I know. I I actually think of the things, and then it, there's a lot that go into it. Eric. A lot happens in in my mind as i'm doing that really nothing happens i just go and do whatever but uh we end up having this coming to an end and i'm talking about detective comics and the tower story i don't even know what the story it's the shadows of the bat 
But yes. it's the tower story. Also, yes. the boy house of Gotham. But everybody calls it whatever they want. Most As people one ju- should. Most people just call the tower story the shadows of the bat. But it's all confusing to we'll me. Call it all of them. Come but on, I'm, I'm not a smart man. I've never. I'm not a handsome fella or it's anything cool. like that. Yeah. So we're we're getting close to the end of this weekly book and. I've had a problem with it. You ended up calling me out at one point saying that I'm just a biased prick. And with that, you hey, had a vendetta. who knows? You said I had a vendetta. I just, I kept saying the idea that I needed things I to have be shown to me. Yes, you do. Oh, bam, bam. I ended up where I needed to see that things were being taken care of and loose ends were being tied up and things like that. And I don't think that I'm going to get that. No, I don't think you are either. I wanted mouth monsters and all that hunter stuff to make sense. I don't think I'm going to get that either. Well, you actually have almost like a, a bit where it almost makes fun of you in this one. I know. Kind of, you know. But with that, what I'm saying, I only have a couple issues left. And I almost think that it's time for me to leave some of this behind and say it's not going to happen. I don't want to keep hounding on that fact. It is going to affect my score overall. But. Each issue to issue, I have to decide if I'm actually enjoying the issues themselves. And this one, I'll give you a hint. I didn't really like it, Eric. All this is just to the idea, surprise, but I can surprise. I can get behind some of the things. But the problem I have, and this is, and then I'll give you the credits. The main problem I have is just thinking of it overall. It, before I get into the individual issue, the idea that we had the stuff with Dr. Ware. We had the stuff with Psycho Pirate. Now, was this only a vehicle to just have shit go wrong in the middle of Gotham? The Revenge of Scarecrow. So then you could have Scarecrow. But I'm saying even more of, like, just having Batman come back to Gotham. They need a reason for Batman to come. And in my mind, a lot of this weekly book didn't have to be weekly, especially as it ended up just being what we thought, what we saw. All hell is broken loose. And you really have put Dr. Ware... Even Psycho Pirate is just hanging now. But Dr. Ware's just an afterthought now. They're not really dealing with that. It was, more, Toby. it was more of an idea of what can we do to have this tower in the middle of God. you your no Toby sound effect throughout this entire series. I know. I, again, Eric, I'm not a smart man. But so we get into this, and again, I can like some of it for the, just the concept because we love to have the Bat family together doing some things. I just... It just is not quite there for me. Well, but because the idea in my mind when you get from this issue where you want to have the entire Bat family without, you know, Batman and Gotham taking care of their business, TCB, baby, they're not <laughs> doing this throughout the whole thing. And the most capable person that we've seen so far is Harley Quinn. And even that seemed like a weird, like, last-second deal. And, and so everything in the Marie Kotsumaki book up until now, and this is where I said I have to get by, you know, past this, but... She changes things up. She adds little details. She forgets some things and whatnot. And I just need a more cohesive story for me personally. But this is Detective Comics number 1056, The Tower Part 10, written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Amin K. Napolon, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Ariana Mayer. And you go into this again where there's some things that kind of make me roll my eyes. The idea that Nakano hasn't been run out of town tarred and feathers beyond me. The things that go on here, and they make him seem like he's continuously the victim when he is allowing everything that's gone wrong, he's allowed. This this tower, he allowed. He cut a check. Yes, he was influenced at that point. Not before. He also ended up bringing Simon Sane in, the magistrate, all his fault. And what gets me is something that I had to magnify. The 
newspaper yeah. on the desk here that pretty much almost says Nakano and Batman are buddy buddy and stop fear state themselves almost. And well, when that, that was the idea of we talking about the idea where um the anti mass and what this newspaper headline that shows us weeks before the opening of Arkham Power where Nakano finds an ally and an enemy, so where they both took down the magistrate you know, but mostly Batman, but it seems like the no mask mandate has been like lifted at this point from the newspaper. And that's the thing. The the problem I have is though is that you know, insular thing that Mariko Tamaki does, I think that that only means the mouth monsters. Good for you, Mayor Nakano, the real hero of Gotham City. He comes out, he was trapped in the sewers, he comes out He's where Batman, for justice. Batman blew up things and everything going on, brought him out, and then everybody's applauding. Oh my god, you took down the magic. No, no, no. He started the magic. <laughs> he gave the magistrate the ticket in. Look, he signed the papers. the whole thing at the end of Jaws after Sheriff Brody kills the shark by shooting the freaking oxygen tank, blowing it up, that the mayor comes out and said, look, he's my sheriff. I appoint him. This is all on me. Yeah, I the, saved Amity Island. Keep the beaches open. And the, yeah, the mayor and him, but the mayor was sus himself. I mean, seriously. Keep the beaches how, open. How can you shut down the beaches and the Four more the years. Weekend? Yeah, so why are they... I don't play, know how why, long the mayor's term is. Why do they keep Playing this idea that he is some sort of victim and or hero. Because he's both, Jim. It's kind of ridiculous. But in this, you end up getting Deb Donovan, who we haven't seen as much as I thought we were going to in this. And she's the hard-nosed reporter. And I think that the thing that makes me laugh in this is she ends up, and she's interviewing Nakano's wife. And yes. saying, you know, how was it? You just had a kid. Your, your husband doesn't have an eye. I give you props for that. And she's going, oh, you know, he's a victim. We're all scared, all this fear and stuff like that. I love at the end where Deb Donovan becomes like the angel of all angels, where she's calling back to the pit. I ain't going to do anything. You need this, this woman. Story. <laughs> We're going to come in here and prey on this frightened woman? No, no, sir, not Deb Donovan. My favorite thing of that is, would she have said that? If she would have gotten a big scoop here, like she is interviewing her and like, oh, yeah, well, blah, 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 this, that and the other thing. Mouth monsters. This, oh, my God. She runs out, you know, stop the presses. But because there's going to be no story. Well, the thing is, I think Deb Donovan knows about the mouth monsters because she was infected I'm saying by of anything. I'm saying in general, if there was a big story, because she is there to do this and then. It does feel weird. This too. is Nakano. What have you been doing with your time ever since the Joker War and then Fear State and Mouth Monsters and freaking, you know, Mr. Worth and all I've been laying in bed scared. Okay, no story here. Let's okay. move on. No story here, folks. I like, she's like, well, uh, on a follow up question, what the hell is your husband doing? He keeps allowing this stuff. Eh, no comment. All right. So you, you have this deal. See you at the and polls. This is from. You know, weeks before. So we know that she is actually in the tower right now. This makes it really. Fucking a psycho pirate in the closet, in my mind. Yeah, really. I, at one point, I thought that they were actually on an elevator, but they're in, it looks like they're in a closet. They're, they're just sitting there. A storage room for medicines and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So there you have where psycho pirate's still in the book, but he's not really. He's just there. He's there. No, no, with we're her. not doing anything with him anymore because even the stuff that we do here is just recap of what we already know with the plan that, you know, Toby Ware, he wants Toby Ware. I can't even say it without freaking, freaking cringe. But the idea that he wanted to scam the city out $30 million because it would check that would be funding the tower and stuff like that. Psycho Pilot was going to create this miracle cure, which would allow him to get the money because who doesn't want to fund a miracle cure? But it's all gone tits up at this point in time. So pretty much you're all caught up. And by the end of this issue, I don't even know if we're going to have Psycho Pirate left. No, I don't either. And that's kind of weird. And really what we... Scarecrow City now. Yeah, what we know. No, Fear State Part 2. There it is, Eric. I had it. I that's did how- it. So... 
that's just recap. So again, it almost feels like as you're going through here that there's a reset and the rest of the stuff didn't really matter as much because we had a lot of things. The stuff that you were interested in, what's the penguin going to do? What are they going to do against the party crashers? These things, whatever. It just now seems to be focused. Okay, Scarecrow's in town again. Scarecrow's in town again. Here we go. And you just end up dealing with that. You're dealing with the Bat family trying to stop themselves from getting killed and and trying to stop this whole thing well, of the tower the lockdown of the tower that the scarecrow is the main head honcho of now he is in control of the situation all the other sm- the minor villains that we saw throughout the series they seem to be working for him not siphon though because siphon would not play along now he's fear toxined up like nightwing but even when the idea when amanda connor's calling in asking for like the terms of surrender this is scarecrow running the show like I don't have any terms. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to show you that we're here to create more fear in the city. Fear State Part 2 by throwing Nightwing out of a window. And that seemed just, I don't know. It's one of those where I like, I'll tell you, I even messaged you when I was reading it the first time and said, hey, Harley was actually Harley. And part of me wants to get upset about that, but part of me thinks it's hilarious. The thing is, like, how do you play the situation? Is Harley a part of the Bat family in this whole, like, um... The way that we're going to disguise ourselves and go in here undercover to the tower from the start to I finish don't think here. So, where the thing is, because she talks to Oracle right away, she has her on speed dial, well, not speed dial, but she just calls from Chase Meridian's phone. But the idea, she seems to have been in on the plan this whole time. So maybe there was some like hacking done, Oracle style, so she would get in here where nobody knows that it's actually Harley Quinn. There's somebody they think is acting like Harley that. Quinn. They're like, you were administered here. Harley Quinn has like you know DNA fingerprints all on file anywhere. I don't know how you get away with this because it's Harley fucking Quinn. I don't like the way that this is played out. I actually thought, and, and really, in my mind, I think the play is better where Everybody if she knows does... Everybody knows Helen is Huntress, but nobody knows fucking Harley's Harley. You, you even have Harley yell down the, the thing while Harley's fighting Huntress. Her. Hey, Huntress! I mean, everybody's just throwing that out willy-nilly. Now, with that, I think that the funnier play, and I was really hoping, is that Harley, she just went there thinking things were going to go wrong and see, hey, this sounds like fun. The problem is, is you're playing it in a weird way because she does grab Chase Meridian's phone. She doesn't really dial and just starts talking to it. And in fact, Chase Meridian says, you weren't really calling anybody. Says, I'm sorry to be, but that was a real phone call. I only heard because she never heard. I don't think Harley called her. But then later she's talking to her on the phone. So it plays off weird. I so like this idea. Is she like an airway going on here? Or is she just play, you know, doing a bit right now with the phone while you have an airway and you can just talk? I really, and, and with that, does she know the number to call? Because I don't think Chase has that number. So I like the play of Harley being so crazed up right now that she ends up where she well, was just pretending. Is. Maybe she could, like the thing is, maybe she is pretending with the idea that you would have Dr. Frau, the disguised version of Batwoman, who was a doctor in Arkham, or Arkham Tower before she was fired. That number should be in Chase Meridian's phone. Did she just call up Dr. Frau and say, hey, I Batwoman, it's Harley? And maybe, but she, and she knows Dr. Frau was Batwoman. She says that to Chase. So it's weird. It, it's a weird play. And, and again, like I, everybody's it, accepted Harley Quinn to the Bat family pretty quickly, it seems like. Yeah, and I, I really would have liked this idea where they actually find out Harley's in there and like, oh my God, she's going to ruin things. And I don't mind if Harley ends up being in there. And I don't mind even if Harley would save the day. I think that would be hilarious. You played this joke kind of deal of, Hey, that doesn't even look like her. We should have seen it from a mile away of what it would be, but who would have ever thought it? Just it just doesn't, her? I'm saying, why would it you It doesn't really make because, sense. You know, Harley, we know, wants to be a part of the Bat family. Batman's keeping her arm length still. So being a part of this big operation, 
feels weird just to say like she's been here the whole time. She has been the linchpin of the whole operation to get in there as a patient, just like Helena to the great. And now she's like Harley Quinn. And they never relied on her. They never. And we never talked about it. We never brought it up. She's just been this so-called weird, you know. And even the idea of like, how would you jump to that conclusion? For how Harley's been treated in other bad books to be a part like of the entire bad family and this whole operation. What I needed and what I really would have thought again, these are a lot of things of, you know, butts and what I would have liked and script out. I would have loved to have seen where Harley ends up, say goes up to Huntress Helena and says, Hey, I've been in here, I've been protecting you. And Helen's like, What do you mean? What the hell do you mean? And we realize that in all the scenes that that kind of pseudo Harley with quotes was protecting her. At one point you saw that she fell or something, and then we find out that that was the best. But we're we're not going to get that. And really, it's even playing it coy with the idea of was she supposed to be in there undercover so to you go have herself. So situation. Harley's here, and she's inside the building. She's here to save the day with the rest of the Bat family to make it inside Arkham Tower. And on top of that, you have Helena going through, who's then attacked by some rando patient. And she's like, look, I have visions of violence and rage people. Like, you know, I know that you're not going to stab me. And he's like, you don't know nothing. And then, like, I don't want to stab you, but I'm going to anyway. So the idea then becomes, you're a liar, you see nothing. And she goes with the idea of the psychic visions of rage and violence that she's had ever since she was infected by the mouth monsters during Fear State. She then says, well, it does seem like it's a little uh, fallible, <laughs> which is interesting. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? That means that you're not going to get what you I, want. I just don't understand That's what, what this it means. means. Any of it going, like, you it know, just from the means past that into it's this. not going to go past this story. <laughs> I think that that's all it means is that the fallible deal will be that she's going to think at the end, she's going to think that, well, I can't trust that. I'm just going to forget about it. We'll never see it again. I, I really thought, and again, part of me wants to gloat. Is it a rage angle? I'm saying, but I think that it's just, it's never going to be really used again. And I I bet at the end, I bet at the end, what will happen is Batman will be able to say something like, we're going to send you here or I have this for you, and, and it'll be taken care of. Mouth monster inoculation is better than well, the Batman, hospital had. Batman never had any visions and things mouth like that. repellent. In my mind, by the end, he will say, and, and we never saw this, but he will say that he had the same thing go on, and he had a cure for it. I, that's just me. I'm just guessing. But that seems like when she says, oh, I guess they're fallible now, now everything is sus, and you don't really, you can't trust it. And it just is ridiculous. But... What you get here now is going to be a roll call of Bat Family, and I don't mind that again. There's some things in, in concept that I don't mind. You end up Tim Drake shows up. Hey, look at me. But everybody Tim just kind Drake of shows out up out of nowhere. nowhere feels right? even weirder than yeah, Harley at times it's, because at least Harley we know has been in the background. We didn't know it was Harley, but she's been there. Tim Drake has not been a part of this operation at all, and he just shows up ahead of Batwoman and Cassandra Kane. Who have been watching? Who have been testing trying to get in, right? And he is just inside the building, kicking ass and taking names. Like, where the hell did you come from? I wish I would have seen you the whole time because he is my favorite Robin. But just showing up out of nowhere with no backstory, no nothing. I'm like, with nobody ever why? mentioning it, nobody ever saying, you know, oh my god, I wish Tim was here. I wish Tim well, could even do this. When you had the characters in the sub basement A that are trying to hide from the party crashers and other, you know, inmates that are trying to like kill them. So I say inmates with patients, but you have Stephanie Brown here, like, to stay behind me. I didn't even know it was Stephanie Brown at first because now, like, I know she was wearing this look like, you know, sweatpants and a white T-shirt. But now she's like she was admitted, right? It looks like she's one of the, like, the, the, like nurses or a patient herself. But the whole thing, too, is, like, how did we get to sub-basement? Like, I feel like there should be places, like, that you would need access to get to. There's not people who are there, you know, to see a ceremony for the unveiling of the miracle cure that is Arkham Tower that would be in the lobby. And now everybody's just huddled in sub-basement. I'm like, 
how do we get from place to place? What's going on? And why couldn't I tell that this is Stephanie Brown? And why is she so much more badass here than she is in the background? And book? she is. And she's trying to calm everybody down. I like that she takes the role. Like, listen, everybody, calm down. I'm she looks like she's 30 you. years old here to me. I don't know. She looks as old as everybody else in this room. And like not played like the 12-year-old she is in the background, which is true. Kind of good. We'll get to that by the end of this podcast. And I said to you, and I thought, even I thought it was a bit of a nitpick, and I kind of dropped it then while we were talking about it, but the idea when you had Psycho Pirate, and actually, it was Scarecrow, when he ended up getting Dick Grayson, and we thought that he was way down below, and then yeah. lickety-split, he's well, at know, the, the penthouse. The is, he's at the penthouse now from that hole that was made <laughs> yeah, by the hole. I know. ice gun that went down to freaking the ninth circle of hell. Who knows how far that hole went, or why? Well, why I'm saying this now is kind of tied into what you said. I think that maybe what I was upset about wasn't exactly where did they come from, the timing, whatever. The details? I, yeah, I, I don't get a concept in my head of the tower. We're just getting like a Star Wars wipe and then we're yeah, into we a new are. location. Because you have cells and you have, you know, we saw a lunch. We have type. rooms, Jim. Rooms. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I don't get a concept of the layout. So if you ended up having at points like, say, Oh my God, we got to get to Nightwing before he gets thrown out of the window. I don't really get attention of, oh my God, they have this amount to go, or they're never going to get there. Because well, even when we say we're I don't on the 20th floor, I'm like, that means nothing. I don't to me. know. I don't that's, know how tall yeah, the that's tower the is. problem. So there, there are some details that I think are and have been missing that I wish we had. But other things that kind of get me too are the idea where when me and you were talking about things, and you didn't know, and neither did I. We were speculating, we were hoping, whatnot, where we had the party crash. And we really, you especially, wanted to have a thing where they would be going against... I want a gang war in, on, on top of everything we house inside of Arkham Tower. Penguins, goons versus the party crashes. Yeah, and me and you debated at the point, are there any goons in the tower? Are there any of Penguins goons? Because the one guy was watching, and Penguin said specifically to him, you make sure that they don't do anything. And these are the same guys that were walking around checking mailboxes if they look suspicious. Oh, you, you wonder where that. they are. And then I said to you, well, if they're not in already, how are they going to get in? Because the whole place is surrounded by police and, and all on that. Lockdown. Yeah, and on lockdown. So you're not seeing that. And that, I think, is a misplay a bit because you could have had something pretty cool going on. These party crashers just end up, you know, the king is dead. We're working Long with the, the inmates king. now. It's just whatever happens, they're party just going to go with the flow. So, yeah, they're there and they're trying to. You know, get a little really crazy, maybe a little handsy on Meridian. I mean, the uh, things that they're saying. Are... The idea, I don't even know what we're doing with Nero 19, who came across Chase Meridian in the, in the previous issue, where we just come to it now where she's just tied up in a room and left, the, like, you know, by herself until the party crashes want to get handsy with her before they deliver to Scarecrow. I'm like, sure, you have nothing for Chase Meridian to do, whatever. Like, why Nero 19 do this? Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter because you didn't really bother to set up anything with Nero 19 or his motivations. Just gone, I'm a king! Yeah, yeah, I'm a king. I'm Nero 19. I'm people up and leave them. King I'm Nero XIX13. Here we go. One, two, three. And so with that, you have Dr. Meridian. She might get killed here, or worse, before that. And luckily, there's Harley. I mean, it's almost a MacGuffin of Harley showing up with her hammer. How'd she get that? And you end Look, up you where say that. she just hits him. How did she get the hammer? Like, the thing is, for some reason, I can be okay in my mind, my own personal head counting that you can get the freeze suit there because it kept him alive. You had to bring him in here to do this whole thing. The suit keeps keep, him alive. I get you that. Keep yeah, I'll the give freeze you that. gun in a hospital <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> and problem. then on top of it, like, that's just a, 
That's the small potatoes of the situation. To have the Scarecrow's costume complete with complete fear gas accessories and all this other stuff that he could use. I'm like, and now you say it. Harley has her hammer here. I'm like, where is the weapons lockup of a hospital? Uh, that's the problem. And that's where I want to say where some people would say, well, they take their, no, the weapons would be gone long before they hit the tower. The tower is a hospital. This isn't just, you know, those things would be locked up GCPD wherever and, and they would not be here. They're but a here they are. This crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. They, here they are. And if anything, what we should and everybody should learn in the DCU is you don't allow the inmates to wear their costumes. This happens all the time. Anytime <laughs> you see the robes in, in, Iron a, Heights. in, Iron Heights is in Iron Heights with the robes, they not only, over there. not only are they allowed to wear their whole costumes, they actually get one cell for all of them. You can't do this. Or the wolf is on it. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, really. He was at that point. But then afterwards, we saw it again and you're referencing a deal where Warden Wolf, the Warden of Iron Heights, said, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> and then they went back to it. Nobody listened. Hashtag Wolf was right. Uh, but that's where you end up having Harley get the phone. Is she working undercover with the Bat family? I don't yeah, know. It yes. seems like yes by the time. There's no way she can't be from I wanted to play this. it so ambiguous that it would be hilarious. And then at the end, we find out that Harley's been here and planning herself the whole time so she can save the day while the Bat family fumbles throughout the series. Because, Jim, it doesn't matter because by the end of the season, Batman's here to save the day. So everybody else is just thrown away. With that, what happens in And I don't know if you read. I think we read the Harley book by Stephanie Phillips, right? I think. And so with that, what is the big thing in that? And what is the big thing with Harley recently, even before? Well, she wants to get back to psychiatry and help people and stuff. And she she wants to do that. And so I think that that could be one thing that she's upset at the miracle cure. But also... She wants to be recognized as a good person and be a hero. And I think that that would be enough if you're going to tie the Harley in from Stephanie Phillips and come to here. I think Harley might end up doing what she did. And it would be funny because she did it better than any of the other people. And so that's the fun of it. That's why. And. Everybody and their mother knew that Helena was Huntress the entire time. Nobody knew anything about Harley. No, because it, it was crazy enough to work, like the plan. And I'm telling you, if you ended up having synergy with this where they're like, Harley, when did you ever? And you see a flashback of her and Kevin just sitting there coming up with a plan. And Kevin goes, you know what? It's so crazy. It might work. Boom. I'm, I'm just I, trying so to think happy. of some past continuity that I'm not remembering right now where Huntress revealed her identity or something along those lines. Ever like, you know. With the Everything Matters motif that DC's trying to go with, at least it seems like, are we playing off of that? But I just think about the, the recent continuity of the last 10 years where she was running for a, you know, Spiral, a super secret spy organization where you wouldn't let your identity be known to anybody, especially when you quit there to become a vigilante in Gotham. Like, I don't know why everybody's calling her Helena. I don't know the timing of this, but you want to go with that Spiral stuff. That was also when you ended up having Nightwing's identity revealed. Yeah. And then they used the Somnus Somnus satellite. satellite. We got it. So how did Anna Volsian know? I'm not saying that she knew before or after or whatnot, but that was weird right away. But it's been heavy on the Huntress. Jim. It's been heavy on the Huntress, right? (laughs) Look at that ass. Can't miss that ass. With Anna, I mean, Juan and Jim. You end up where, and you're talking about Nightwing's ass, by the way. You end up where you almost could play the idea that somebody is almost Does like the Joker. No, I'm saying I think okay. people thought you were talking about Anna Walsh. Maybe it may make it worse. I don't know. But the idea of like What's a Joker, this? the Joker's so crazy he knows he's in a comic and think maybe they were going to play that. But it's everybody. It's everybody knows Huntress. Anna Volsian seems to know more, but 
What what was up with that cabin? I still that always comes up in my mind every issue. The that cabin, cabin or the house? With, well, the house with the spray paint on it and the stuff abandoned like that. House just, in the neighborhood where that looked like it was like something that wasn't able to be sold because it was a murder that took place there. I'm like, oh, is this Anna Bolton's old house? I don't know. There's so many side because things. Because like most things in the detective comics, while I like the overall scope and ideas of what they're being brought. They are fast forwarded to where they need to be instead of showing the details and backstories to make you care about the characters that they're showing here. Yeah. So with all of this, everybody seems to know that Dick Grayson is, you know, up on the top floor in the penthouse with Scarecrow and he's going to throw him out the window. They're desperately trying to get there. I said I didn't feel any tension to it. I really thought in my what mind. What the seer thinks about this and she's still hanging out. Who with knows? Huh? Who knows? What do, you, what do you think Spellbinder thinks? You end up where. You know, there is, and, and also Scarecrow gets a hold of Nakano. Hey, who's this? This is fear, and this is my, t-. it almost feels like everybody has, some, poor Toby Ware. That guy has been just left behind. Nobody's like, oh, what, what about him? Oh, Scarecrow's in town? Well, he's bigger. He's dead, Jim. And this is where he is. No, I mean, seriously, too soon. My point is, when I talk to you about some things, and people will have a Gotham story, and it's a penguin story, right? And then somehow they decide, Hey, I'm going to add in the Joker. Or I could even go currently, Monkey Prince. We like the Monkey Prince. Batman said it. It's a Batman book. Then when you end up where the Scarecrow is over and bigger than Toby Ware, so he kind of overshadows everything and now becomes a Scarecrow story. And I think that that's a Fear shame. Fear State Part yeah, 2. Yeah, it's Fear State Part the 2. Revenge. And most people are done with that. I, I don't know if you know that, Eric, but Fear State's over. And we had a lot of Did things going begin? on. I don't know. I didn't like it that much. But, you know, you have this a poor guy finally thinks that he can go out and get some milk at the store. He's going to get in trouble again. What, what the hell? Look, he's fine. It's all contained to a tower. That is true. It's now Fear State Tower. So, yeah, he ends up where Scarecrow's going to throw Nightwing out. And he does. He lets him go. You end up having Batwoman come in and try to grab him. She can't. She can't. It's only Batwoman. Like, again, we can't show Batwoman succeed in anything they're doing. Anybody... But you know what? Big Papa Batman shows a good enough freaking Batwing, opens up the cockpit and grabs him freaking like, you know, by the entire body with one arm. And I'm just thinking with the force of the Batwing flying in, close lighting Nightwing. You're thinking of Gwen like, Stacy, aren't you, Eric? Aren't I'm you? Just thinking, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm just thinking he is getting cut in half or just every bone in his freaking torso is being shattered. And Batman's arm as well. Luckily, when he first shows up, it looks like he wants to tell Dick Grayson something because he is cocked and ready to punch somebody right in the face. Look at, look at that, that either. This is Batman, I know. <laughs> so, that's a tongue king thing. Uh, but he does grab him. And like you said, it's crazy. But then you yeah. end up having, I, I don't know that I need the F in hell from Oracle. And really what this is, is I don't know if I need the F in hell from you. Batman should land. Your man say it. <laughs> Batman should land. And get right on the comms and saying, listen, you, you numbskulls, you done messed all of this up. I what were you doing? Gotham for a few months some, for some reason. You know, it took him a few months, it seems like. I come back and everything's a shit show. Yeah, it is. It's a complete shit show. He ends up, first up, he's like, get me Stephanie Brown, because I heard she was talking shade on my micro case. And also, who left the door open for them party crashes? I mean, look at this. I mean, they're ridiculous. But now we have Batman back, so that throws it off. Now, it's a, it just ends up where... This story was applauded at first for being home. a Bat Family book without Batman, and that was a cool concept. Me and you were both on board for that. It didn't quite work out, and they kind of fumbled and bumbled throughout. But now Batman just has to show up to save the save day, or at least day. Nightwing. And so what we do then is end, and after all that, we're Bat- Batman coming in and saving Nightwing, I'm just as a, as a tip. 
that should have been the cliffhanger. I really did need Anna Volsham finding Psycho Pirate and Nakano's wife and then shooting maybe Psycho Pirate, whatever. The big play here is, oh my god, Batman. Do you think Nakano's wife or Psycho Pirate got shot? And if, like, if without a choice, do you also, as an addendum, think they are dead? If Nakano's wife is shot, she's dead, right? Okay. If Psycho Pirate's shot, he's injured. I think that, you know, that's what I think is the deal. And I'm thinking that it might be Psycho Pirate only because earlier, either last issue or the issue before, Anna Volsham really spelled out the one thing that she was upset. I want to find who was controlling our minds and I'm going to take care of them. And I think that this is where you see that, where we'll go in and they'll, she'll say, you tried to control, probably shot him in the shoulder or something, right? She's more of a scissors gal. But Jay, she has a she has a gun. She doesn't like the, you know, impersonal idea of being behind the gun. She likes to get in there with them scissors and get stabby stabby. But you end up ending that issue again. That's the cliffhanger. But again, Batman's in it. Oh, wait, wait. uh, Nakano's white. I don't really need that. But we'll continue with that. Batman's not only in that, but he is in the backup with the boy as well in the freaking House of Gotham story. But we continue with No Man's Land, which I found like, you know, Strange, I, I found a little disappointing throughout this as well into the 2000s and some. But what we have here is the boy who is now, after defeating the poet, the former leader of this ragtag group of kids who are just trying to survive in no man's land, he has now become the leader and has Killer Croc on his side. And essentially, he is Robin Hooding through the wasteland here, where he's going to go find food from terrible people, give it to Dr. Leslie Tompkins and whoever may need this, and continue on. But then for some reason, we have to show that Batman is a dick in the boy's eyes. Not only at the boy's eyes, just this whole like weird idea of the story because he has a gang, okay? The boy has a gang that they are pretty much helping everybody they can by, you know, stealing food from like terrible people and giving it to people in need. And for some reason, we have to sit the boy up now where Huntress comes to him, says, Huntress I know you get all right? this food. Yeah, and then she goes off and then she finds like, I knew this was a trap, but Batman's like, you can no longer be a gang. I'm going to take you down. And the boy has to tell him, you are fucked up my entire life. I'm not afraid of you. You are a piece of shit. I am doing more good here than you have ever fucking done. And the thing is, Batman is, oh yeah, I'm a dick. You know what? Go on your way, kids, because actually, you want to say that you're taking us down from what? What are you taking them down from? From what do you see them doing? He's delivering food to Dr. Leslie Tompkins, and then somebody there is, you know, and I think it might be Steph. I don't know who they're playing here, but the idea of them going, like, you know, Save the like set the boy up for a trap here with Batman and Huntress because the Batman wants to take this ragtag group of like a dude. Because they're hanging like, out with Croc. What's happening? And here's the deal: you show up where they come out all. I, I guess they just make an entrance. It's apocalypse now. Every Tuesday they come out of the sewers and stuff that way. The best thing about this is Morlocks. my favorite art point is is that kid. The boy still looks like he's eight, but now he has a beard, and it fools Batman so much. By the end. Good for him because I looked like I was eight until I was thirty and could barely grow a beard. And here. now you look a hundred. Now you end up True. with Batman's like across the face hard. Who are you? You know me. You ruined my life. No, I didn't. You bearded fellow. Who are you? And, oh my god, it's the <laughs> oh boy. Oh my god, you're the boy. <laughs> it's the beard that got him. He's like, I didn't. I didn't hurt anybody with a beard. I love beards myself. I'm the Batman. And he's like, that doesn't make any damn sense. And you ruined my life, you jerk. And he has. He has completely, but when you end up Batman coming in all hard ass, right, with this big cock energy, this big bad energy, and ends up trying to stop, you just see there, when you see this gang, it's a lot of eight-year-olds, There, there's a couple gangs, a lot, yeah. of guys, a lot of kids, and Batman's like, you hardened criminals, you better stop your bullshit. I'm like, Batman. It almost feels like the Batman that we have in the monkey princess sees some teenage freaking monkey that's razzing some kids in a locker room. Look at this new villain, Robin. 
get him. The one thing I'll give Batman credit for is at one point you do have the boy. The bearded boy he is. The man, Jim. Yes, he says it is the man. You end up where he says, you threw me off a bridge. And it was not Batman. It was Azrael. But I like but that. But it ba- was Batman. But I like Jim, that Batman. He doesn't say like, no, no. Like it'd be funny. He's like, no, no, Gotta no. Gotta keep this going. That's not me. So he ends up just going with it. He's going to take the blame for that, which I don't. Yes, mind. he should by putting Jean Paul in charge of being the Batman. It is his what fault. What I want to say here is we're we're still in no man's land, right? Batman, get your ass out of this place and get doing something. You are there stopping a bunch of kids from getting food. That's we what got you're doing. Here. Come on, Batman. Yeah, seriously. Now I know why all of Gotham is a cesspool and you never stop it because you're worried about shit like this. Seriously. You spent all this time and energy to set up this kid and his gang of children or the freaking, you know, come here and tell them you can't do this anymore. He says, yes, I can. And Bev says, you know what? You're right. You can do this. But when this is all over, you're not going to be doing this no more. Okay, Batman. With, with that, listen. Okay, kids. I mean, they are. Okay, kids. We Not Huntress. Hunter, what are you talking about, Batman? I'm ready to crack you some skulls. How dare you moralize at us? Don't moralize at us, kids. Like, let's not do this here. Uh, you have these guys, they, they, they even, one kid has like a stick. I mean, the one guy has an axe. <laughs> this kid is hardcore. He's thinking, though, it's like, okay, I'm not going to give Dr. Tompkins any more food anymore. Thanks yeah. a lot, Batman. Yeah, he really. Did because she was pissed off that Croc was there. And if you ended up having Batman coming down with the specific deal of, listen, your kids, I don't want to see you eating. Right? You're hanging out with Croc, you can't, but I like the where you almost get, and there's not enough room, there's not enough time and space with the idea of saying that, no, Croc isn't bad. Croc just needs a friend. Croc needs somebody to trust him. Croc is helping us. You don't have enough time, so that gets skirted by, and especially, Leslie Tompkins ends up looking like a real jerk as well, like a real, you know, pretty narrow-minded person, which she never is. Uh, but at the I end... I know, Crocodile people freak me out, It too. is true. It would freak me out, but still, I thought that I don't mind this. I- Not only are you a former criminal, but you like eating people? No, sir. Get away from me. You can hang out with your crocodile, but not around here. Uh, but yeah, Batman and Hunter, it seems really odd the, the way they're pressing against these And you see the kids. I don't care for this the, the boy backup that we had this time, just because we're continuing on with where we left off in No Man's Land last issue, and all we do is bring Batman back in to make him look like a dick, but for no real reason. Yeah, no reason. And I thought that the play, the reason is that he has to, you know, keep reminding us that he screwed over the boy, I guess. But he doesn't have to keep reminding me. I think about it every issue. I actually ended up, well, you know, not everybody's the smartest you, Eric. I know. Uh, I like the idea, like, is there going to, at the end, because we have two more, you know, issues of it. I'm wondering at the end, is there going to be a thing of us realizing, oh, that's why they were nice to him at the beginning and then not to, I don't know, but. What threw me off, and you said it at the beginning, is you start off again in No Man's Land. And I, I actually, whether or not we were upset at one point, oh, we're going through the timeline too quick or whatever, I'm used to that pacing. And I, it actually threw me off that we stay in No Man's Land, like you said, just to show Batman's a dick. And Huntress is overcome with, you know, anger and stuff like that and wants to beat up kids. And then he says, listen, Batman I, says, I understand that Batman part. says, well, yeah, I know. Batman says, listen, you can do what you're doing now, but once No Man's Land's done, once everything's done, you're done, man. You're out. And I'm like, all right, whatever. How about helping them, Batman? Please, you're already there. Uh, do something. But, yeah, and just so we say it, it's written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Fernando Blanco, Jordi Belair, and Rob Lay. And we've enjoyed this backup. This one, I thought, was a little down. But overall, what would you give this as a whole? As a whole, I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10. The thing is, the, the uh, main Detective Comics Tower story is action-packed. It's going in a fast-paced progression towards our end. It's just a lot of things are coming out of nowhere. 
the devil's in the details and you don't get to see the devil here because the details are just passed right yeah. over and bat big daddy batman's back to save the day while the rest of our bat family who were the stars of this whole show were just inept this entire time and it continues on here which is disappointing but the artwork's great they're moving forward a lot of cool things are happening and the, the boy backup the house of gotham the artwork's great there it's just this one really let me down for what we've been doing with dealing with lately because I do like the progression of Batman's history, but like you said, No Man's Land continuation just to show that I don't know is it, do we have to equal things out like Batman's the end all be all of the main detective comic book? We have to make him look like a schmuck like all the other Bat family in the backup. I don't yeah, know. But I just, don't know. I still want to see the Tower Story because I'm enjoying the overall of what we got. Like I said, the devil's in the details. We're not getting that, but the overall, I'm still enjoying. I mean, the art looks great, but this is a tad under in my mind. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna go to six because I did like I did like seeing Harley, even though it makes no sense. Tim Drake shows up, no sense, but at least you're but getting back. Tim Drake. Yeah, and you see that, but my big problem is with two issues left, what Scarecrow. are, like you said, you said we're, we're progressing. We're getting, I don't know what we're progressing to because all I see is Batman comes in and punches some people. Damn right he does. Like only a Batman and can. And there it is. I mean, in the idea that it isn't anything to do with like trying to stop Toby Ware, which was the big setup. Psycho we Pirate. Him, we stopped him. So now it's just, I, it. again, do I need to see <laughs> Batman again? Is Miracle Molly going to come and save the day again like she did in Fear State? Is Maybe that the ending, pride. right? Because in this, I oh, just... Imagine if Miracle Molly comes in, and this is the thing that, like, Scarecrow is called. Like, Scarecrow only used to be afraid of Batman and really He's really afraid of her. And now he's afraid of a little Miracle Molly because she shot him. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> he has terrible PTSD from this cybernetic girl. Having Batman come in kind of is, like, it is a little eye-rolling, especially in a story that was set up to be a big thing without him. He's going to come in, probably save the day. Uh, again, you're going to have the Bat family. You're, everybody's going to punch somebody and be Damn done right with it, are. but... I'm just afraid at the America. end, that's all we're going to get now, is punchy, punchy, there you go, Scarecrow, punchy? back to wherever you go. I know, that's later, and oh. that's that. So I don't know what we're progressing to that is crazy or, or cool, but yeah, I'm going to be a little more proud because, again, Jim. at least we have more of the Bat family in, and it is a cool thing where, you know, Nightwing gets saved. That was a cool play. Batman swoops Poor in. Poor Nightwing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I actually, when I left I yeah. In other books, he can't do any wrong. But I end up where I was like, somebody already shot. Tom King had him get shot in the head. Now you're just going to have him. Like, why can't they love Nightwing? Why are you doing this? But And later on, you're going to get mad at Tom Taylor for doing every such thing you want right there. He loves Nightwing. That's not capable. That's just over-the-top fan service. So but capable. 5.8, I'm going down. I can't go to a 6. It's, it seems... It, I. I'm saying too many more negatives with it, but still, I'm looking forward to see what Batman does, and I really want him to whip the Bat family into shape now. And almost the idea where a lot of people criticize Mariko Tamaki because she did have a inept Batman, so he leaves town to show basically. Look what happens when I'm gone. Oh, no, I agree. I was going to say it earlier where you show the Bat family not being able to handle this. So you get like you make Batman, Batman leave. Comes in like so a when hero. he comes back and now he's like, oh, this is what you've been missing, everybody. This is what you wanted. And here it is. Batman's even more over than he should be. Because Tynan's Batman just kept, you know, losing track of things and having bad things going on. And even the idea of what was happening in the beginning of Joshua Williams. At first we thought, oh, man, he's not even. He ended up coming back in the last issue of that. But I do think that maybe that's the play. Let's see how things go without Batman, then you'll realize that he is uh, better. But we'll move on to the next book. It's a big sucker, Eric. It's a big one. It's Batman Urban big Legends. Sucker. Big sucker it is. And it's Batman Urban Legends number 13. You're the sucker. Me and you, uh, maybe the people will buy this. I don't know, Eric. But me and you, if you buy it, that's fine. Me and you were talking about it, though, is that 
each issue and each story and these big things going on are, are losing us. We're, we're kind of at the point where what are we here for? Why are we, you know, getting involved? And if neither of you, me or you, were doing the podcast, we wouldn't be buying this book. This wouldn't be on our podcast. these stories, that's for sure. No, and, and so we did talk about the idea of, like, should we stick around and do this because we don't like the stories or whatnot? And we decide that we usually do everything anyway. Well, we should have gone. We should have bailed on this and came back with Birds of Prey. Well, I ended up where I was getting ready for the podcast. I got my stuff out. I'm going to read. And I ended up talking to you. And I said, yeah, we'll go through this, whatever. And I was going to send. I actually typed it out. Hey, if you give me a wink, wink, we don't have to talk about this today. And then I thought, no, that, that's not right. Plus, we have to then finish. Then you realize that everybody in who's listening right now needed the origin story of Jackie Day. Well, yes. And like, who's Jackie Day? <laughs> well, he just happens to be one of those people from the previous issue of the Zatanna Batman story who is possessed by something you don't know about. You know, Jackie Day. And that's what we're starting with. Batman and Zatanna and Bound to Our Will. Written by Vito Ayala with art by Nicola Nick Ferrari uh-huh. and Steve Wan. Well, seriously, if that's the most offensive I get in this, it'll be a, a miracle because this issue, this issue, this story, this part. Three, Wait, why? What are you going to say? I'm just saying this is not a great story. Okay, it, it's good. really not. And I got worried. What I get in this is at least this issue and how it's set up. A lot of times, we said that you'll end up having a concept. You know, it would be cool. Batman and Constantine hanging out and talking, right? Oh my God, no. that'd be so awesome. The problem is you can't go in. Old story. You can't go into a story like that because it is the same old story. But yet that's how it feels. I don't here. trust you, Constantine. Well, I don't like you know. You shouldn't trust me, but I'm here to save the day. And like you, you know, didn't I still say don't it right. trust you, Constantine. I'm gonna do Constantine. You say it. You say it to me, and I'm gonna be Constantine. Okay? What are you doing here, Constantine? Oi, I'm doing what I want. Handsome. He says that like every line. I'm like, come on, stop it. Constantine being Constantine. Batman being Batman. Not like Is his name other. Constantine or constantly annoying is what I'm asking, Eric. Well, a little stretch there, but okay. I mean, seriously, he's like, but rough. they're just there saying nothing. They're, they're t- and I think that the idea of this was supposed to be Vidala saying, hey, this would be cool because it's kind of even a love triangle in there, and they, they don't like each really. other and things. It's not. But they even say, like, a little bit. So what happens? What ends up happening when Constantine talks to Batman? They don't say shit. They they just sit there, and it's pages not only of pages. Do they not say shit, but everything that Batman and Zatanna have been doing in this story with the idea, if you haven't been listening, the background was was Zatanna and Batman were kids. They were doing fooling around with some magic, opened up a hellscape portal that every year after that they've been trying to close to little freaking success. This year, that Satana has a new idea. She's going to do something, but it goes overblown to where another demon is released, like it was in the original one. And now they are tethered to these demons that have released Satana and Batman. And when Constantine is here now to show them, there's something wrong with you two. You guys are vanishing. And I'm like, until one scene later on, I had no idea what the hell he was talking about because they looked solid this Issue, entire time. And they looked, they were completely solid. We brought that up. Like, what are you doing? Something went wrong with the art. You do see it here. But it's that idea of this portal, and who can keep track of what this is? You end up having Jackie Day, Day, who then ends up having his body taken over by this thing, and the the idea of it's like a you know a you know the gig and the yang. You end up where if you take somebody out of this portal, then you got to put Batman and Zatanna are disappearing. But it rarely it's it's hard to even make like the tether to these monsters that have come out of the portal are now sucking the life force out of Batman and Zatanna, and they're also trying to track them down, which is easy because they are tethered because. We need to stop them from closing this portal as well. It's, you know, continue to suck life force. And Constantine is here to put up a shield 
until the shield fails because, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end because our demons do show up and take on Batman and Satana. And they have demon magic as well, which seems to be more powerful than our heroes' magic. Yeah. And so at one point, Constantine even has this, it's supposed to be a big wow moment where he's like, you guys don't get it, do you? And ends up blasting them, and that's to show them that they're kind of transparent or whatever. I thought that he was doing, like, Freaky Friday stuff or something. I no. didn't even notice. And the thing is, maybe that's all me in my shitty eyes. I didn't even notice until Batman was sitting at the computer with Constantine having their chat that he was even, like, vanishing. This is into the issue, and we already had that, you know, proclaimed at the end of last issue's cliffhanger, where he's like, oh, you're disappearing. Now they go through all this stuff going on, and then we just get a fight where these two... Demons, you know, whatever. I don't even know really what Sucking is going on. They're like spiritual psychic vampires or something the way with the life force, but we don't so know Mothman, anything about which it. Which actually angered me because there's there's a story and legacy from time like immemorial. At one point it seems like this frail, like, you know, what we like to call our Nazi scientist lady who's been possessed by a demon, it's talking about how like she was by a point pleasant during the Mothman, so I'm like how dare you sell the good name of the moth And also at Chernobyl, because they're able to whisper sweet... It doesn't make sense. I mean, none of this makes sense. And then Chaos. you have to have this guy who Chaos went monsters. into, you know, the, the body of Jackie Day. Jackie say, Day. But it's not, because it's the monster that went in him. Because the idea goes, I've been dead for so long, you forgot, right? And I'm like, nobody forgot. You just said that. And it's just, just think about this, though, because we're giving page after page to let you know that Jackie Day, as a child, was raised by very good people who were then killed in very unceremonious ways. And then Jackie Day, to honor his parents, continued on to be a very good person. So I have to imagine, because we had all of this lead up for this kid, Jackie Day, that his goodness is going to prevail in the end, and Jackie Day will be the hero for some reason. I guess there's no Jackie Day. If, if, if there isn't, I don't know what's going on. And this is where again, it just seemed like such a weird origin story out of nowhere. For this Jackie issue Day. just started out and went through, and a lot of the a lot of the stories in this here uh, do the same thing. Where I've what happened? Did I miss like three issues? Am I no? Somebody has to get a hold of some of these writers and say you need to have a more cohesive story you need to spell out things you need to say i'm not going to be they thrilled. gave you the story of jackie uh, yeah, Jack. what Day. more could you want well i don't need constantine Some of these demons. i mean really constantine and batman i have not look at the wordiness of these pages that they're on they say nothing they end up where even at points constantine kind of knows kind of what's going on and then at the very end of all this yakety the act says well i don't really know what's going on and i probably couldn't explain it they just keep going, handsome. And then he's, I don't like you, handsome. I don't like you. That's it. And then at the end, compliment. you just end up where you're supposed to be. Oh, my God. Look at the love story that is Constantine and Zatanna because he goes up. Hey, Z, what's up? I'm kind of disappearing. I know. We'll figure it out. And then it's just fighty, fighty. You end up having an attack. But by the end, it looks like they end up being able to possess Constantine now, which I don't know. That should be a big thing, right? It's kind of, but who knows? Because I don't know anything about what's going on in the story. Nothing was set up in the basis of what think, is really they, going like, on. Constantine's soul from his body. I don't know. The guy ends up having a different, you know, look and starts being really like, look at me. I'm pretty cool now and kind of has a weird jacket on and stuff. I, I don't know what's going on in this. It's very odd. And so, yeah, they end up, all right, Eos, are you okay? Stop playing with your food. And I think the food was constant. I don't know. And so we end Everybody that story. Is the food. Next, combat over Constantine. This says, you know, they're going to fight. Yeah, I don't know. 
it's very, very odd. I, like I said, it, it seems like a middle issue where it just swerves around and doesn't really do anything. But Well, if I've learned anything, though, going to the next issue from DC Comics lately between the Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman is that if you are a dead man and or a ghost, you can do anything now that your spirit's removed. So Constantine will come in and save the day because he'll just be able to be a ghost, not be able to be touched, but touch every motherfucker he yeah, wants. Yeah, probably. And he likes touching people. DC Comics. White Witch. Jackie Day. White Witch and Stigma. Part three of three written by Randy with art by Anand R.K. I don't go. Colors by uh-huh. John Pearson. It's just R.K. Uh, R.K. Letters man. by Adida Bidikar. It's just an odd last name. R.K. Uh, not R. Kelly, Eric. That would be great right there. No, I'm saying, if I said my name now was W.R., I'd be, you know, you'd probably yell at me. But you end up going into this here, and the big play well, of Andrew this, W.K. back yeah, in the day. I, he's okay. He's a little extreme. Uh, you end up, he scared me. You end up where... Just having a good time. <laughs> this White Witch story, if you were reading... You know, the fear state. If you were seeing Cat that, that and Catwoman and all and that, where the I'm saying. Makers and the possible connection between the White Witch and the Ghostmakers. And at one point, you did end up having, you know, the White Witch show up, look like, oh my God, she's pretty capable. She's going to, ta- and then disappear because. She's like Ghost from Ant Man the Wild. Yeah, you said that. But at the point, it looked like Father Valley was going to leave the book, and then somebody said, oh no, no, he's more popular. Bring him back. And so he came back into town, and then she disappeared. Then in Fear State, you show up, and then we have five of them. They're, and so this story seems to try to retroactively make sense of that. But at the end of it, I don't care about this character. It's just me. I don't have any connection to the character. I never thought I'd want to see more of it. And then when we get this, it even just ends with an ambiguous type ending of it's going to continue until it doesn't and well, whatnot. It's just the flashbacks of White Witch and a weird convoluted story, the idea that we're going to take, you know, Raya, the, the real name, the real person of the White Witch from when she, you know, like this regular human, whatever, when she was training to be a soldier and be the best in the world. Well, we're going to clone her, but every time we clone her, we're going to give that new clone a new uh, different superpower. But this clone is going to remember stuff from previous clones that died that the original Raya wouldn't have known about because they were clones that lived their own life outside of her. But every time, so every clone that's made, I don't know if it's made off the pre-existing clones they had that they then killed because you don't make copies of copies. We all know this. Everybody goes to Xerox. But she keeps remembering more and more. And in this installment of The White Witch, we discovered that the Ghostmaker and her, they were tracking a shipment of smuggled plutonium through the mountains south of Captain Armenia. And they, like, were shot at this whole time, blown backwards. And then Simon Satan's crew said, look at this girl. She is almost, like, just hanging on for dear life right now. She's perfect for our cloning program. I'm like, there you why? Go. <laughs> why is Simon Satan here in the mountains outside of a freaking shipment kind of thing? But he then, like, goes down to, like, you know, it actually reminds me of the train, like, um, the train scene in the Captain America, the movie where Bucky goes and gets like, you know, thrown out where apparently Hydra then found him. This is almost exactly the same thing, but Simon Sane is here to say, you know what? She is perfect. And then goes and clones her, has all these different things where he eventually just goes and kills her. This one happens to remember what happened before. And she just hopes that next time her new clone will remember more and kill Simon Sane. Uh, but yeah, so it ends up just ending. And again, if you're, next time, <laughs> if you're into it and you were, but, I, I didn't see or hear anybody saying when we first saw, even in the fear state when Ghostmaker went up and said, Rhea, and this like, oh my God, like he whispered her name to her. I, I wasn't intrigued she by that. Now. I'm like, really? Like, let's go and just to use this and, and waste three issues of this just to have 
You barely have background on Ghostmaker. Do you care that he knows yeah, this character that you barely character know about? That we barely have know a little about. bit more backup. But you know what the thing is? All of this background you're getting is that Ghostmaker and Rhea knew each yeah, other. Yeah, they knew each other. And they might have been lovers. And, and, and now she's clones that remember things. It plays off of a Winter Soldier. It plays off of a Red Room type situation. You know, with like, it's, it's a trope. It's a cliche. And then by the end, to just have it end with, you know, oh man, maybe she will. I'm like, no, whatever. But. Yeah, you just end it, so at least it's done She is there. the Winter Soldier. She The is. Magistrate Soldier. Yeah, so we go to the next deal, which is a Which doesn't matter, too, because Simon Sane's dead for where we are, so the idea of, well, we're going to keep cloning, so they're like, the idea that she can't break the programming of RoboCop style to kill freaking Ronnie Cox at the end of the original RoboCop because it goes against, you know, you can't go up against a corporate CEO of, you know, OCP. She's going to eventually do this, but it doesn't matter because Simon Sane is dead in the main continuity. She wants to overcome her programming as a clone, but it doesn't matter. And you know what? The weird thing is, is now that I'm thinking about it, it's pretty much Vengeance's story, too. I mean, we have almost the same kind of deal sure, yeah, going really on, is. right? It is. The network. <laughs> it's just the same thing. So She's going to overcome her programming. She's not going to kill the Joker because she's programmed because she wants to. I saw people who were like, I hope that we get a White Witch mini now. I'm like, really? Like, oh, what is she going to? Maybe she'll. Well, dude, you just- I don't Let's no. throw the white witch in there. Show, uh, throw in honey badger. Throw in vengeance. Hey, Fuck it. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, just throw get all the clones up in here. In there. Clone power. That's what you know. I just want them Gabby all to become bizarro. It would be funny. Well, we go to the next one, which is Eternity in Gotham, written by Mahal Mashigo, illustrated by our Arist Aden. Seda Timofante and Ben Abernathy. So you end up having this going on. I think Ben Abernathy is actually the editor. I went a little too far because there's somebody doing uh, more than one thing, Eric. But when you get into the story here, we were more interested in this one and the setup. This seems like I'm out. Well, this seems like it might have needed an issue or two. What are the rules anymore? Kid Eternity has the powers because he died and came back. He has an ability to touch you somebody and bring them back to life so he could, as a ghost, to talk to them about who does it for 24 hours. In this, we're trying to figure out who killed his neighbor, Hannah. And we find out through, like, you know, strange touching of the ghost to get more and more visions of what happened. It was actually the landlord. But you know what? It was the landlord possessed by his murdered wife that he killed, but also possessed by the late, the other girl that Kid Eternity's friends with. But the thing is, they're both ghosts combined together, but she looks like she's human and doesn't, isn't see through like Hannah. And this screws up Kid Eternity to the point where, you know what, we're going to find better things for you. And then you get the freaking, you know, the supernatural agent come out of nowhere. This one's mine, kid. Stay out of our business. What the hell happened? The end. Kid Eternity. <laughs> the thing about this you is... You did not make any fans of Kid Eternity in my mind with this three-issue mini. I want to tell everybody just right now, if Eric M's anything with saying the title, then that means it's bullshit. <laughs> that is the, Kid Eternity. That's the bullshit stamp. <laughs> like you, what was it? And the staircase. Oh, so you ended up where you're going through Ghost the... Ghost truck. <laughs> The idea of this is he had a story going here, and it seemed you like a really clever the deal. of how you're showing ghosts and what Kid Eternity's powers is. Now this person that he's been hanging out with who is physical. No, no, she's not just a ghost. She's combined with another ghost to make a new entity, and they take turns on who's possessing who. But he's the who one when. who deals with ghosts, and he has no idea. And then what the problem Supernatural is Supernatural MIB shows up and takes in charge, though. Get this, then. All this goes through this where he's touching Hannah, he's learning things, he's seeing the killing almost like he's got the mouth, but he's going through all the stuff going on. And at the end, you know what solves the case? Forensic evidence from a cat. That's it. It's not even supernatural. We found the landlord's cat's hairs in Hannah's bathroom where she was killed. 
Case closed. Case closed. Take the day off corner. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what? The f- like, where did this whole idea need to have Kid Eternity involved? And is you know talking to dead people and things like that. They didn't. It ended up being being the idea where the case would have been solved just by easy forensics, you know, police work. Why would why would the cat say? What was he sniffing the cat or something? I don't know. I I've never heard of cat hair being inside somebody's nose. But still, the idea of all this. These cats try to kill you all the time, though. Lay on your face, suck the breath out of your mouth. Because you're going into this with that skewed deal of like, okay, who's dead, whatever. The other no, no, no. it's not a skewed deal. You're saying because we went into this with the rules. Yeah, well, the rules. And I'm saying in just a book like this, though, you're always going to assume. First off, you're going to assume that the case will be solved by talking to a dead person or at least something of that nature. When we end up seeing the cat. Looking at it, he does, you end up having a weird deal where, and I, I wish I could remember her name, the other girl who ends up being dead, the the okay. one that she ends up saying that, you know, me and the lady who got killed by the landlord, she started off by possessing the cat. Like, was that the play then that she ended up possessing the cat as well to kind of foil it? Because it didn't make sense. The idea of the cat was sitting there. And I thought, man, that cat must be the ghost cats or something, because you're looking into something like that. But we do get well, this even weird the idea. It's like we have we have Regina, who is the girl is dead, but they're like the idea that they're souls because of her her just being a nosy male woman who sees the like, door open and sees a dead body, she gets killed by the landlord as well, and then they're both buried in the floorboard. So the landlord's wife and Regina both get buried together, which mingles their souls together to make them a ghost abomination that have to take turns with the ghost body that they have that is somehow physical. Ghost body. But then ghost body. But then you have the the landlord's wife who's pissed off at her husband for killing her. He then she possesses him, but she's also crazy, so has him kill Hannah because she's one of them dirty girls. <laughs> There's no reason. I mean, is the reason to just get him to do it so he gets arrested? Finally. Like it's almost Care. it's almost like nobody looked for uh, the idea too of like, yeah, nobody looked for the wife. Or the UPS driver or the mail lady. Nobody looked. And they're they're just in floorboards. I mean, that's crazy. But the idea where she possessed him to make this murder so that he finally gets caught, everything is just thrown out there. In the middle of it, you get the really quick kid eternity, you know, origin story. Hey, me and my dad got shot, and then I was in limbo, and I came out. Kid I turned back. <laughs> came back wrong, I did. And then so at the end, you're just waiting for this idea of like, what what happened? It was you didn't even get the point where well, because you end on a cliffhanger though where you introduce this supernatural MIB. It's like thanks for this one, but stay away from the dead. They're mine. You've been warned. Yeah, eternity. And so what I thought too though, Hannah, she. Why didn't you just at least show her going off into heaven or something? Give us some closure of something, but nope, nothing. You end up where he even was dealing with the dead, which we said at one point. We thought maybe she was dead, but it feels weird that a guy who was talking to dead people had no idea. It just was all o- over the place and whatnot. So that just well, ends. Hannah was like transparent. She was more see-through than the people that we were told were see-through in the Batman Zatanna story. Regina is a physical being that has like, you know, like uh, multiple personalities at this point, but there's also a ghost. But Eric, at one point, that cat. Ghosts can do anything in DC anymore. It's horse shit. Just was ridiculous. Yeah, really. If you want to be all powerful, just be a ghost. Uh, the last story is Ace the Bat, Hound and Hounded, Part 3 is 6. Mark Russell writing and art by Carl Mostert, Trish Mulville, and Steve Wands. And this one isn't as 
awful as the others. It's not. I, I don't love but it. It's not exciting either because the whole premise of the story is that you have Mr. Tarkov, who is the leader of this criminal organization that has now kidnapped Batman, keeping him at bay. He comes to see the Batman and see that maybe this kidnapping of the Batman will bring me joy because I'm a rich old man and nothing brings me joy anymore. And you know what? Maybe selling off the Batman and like, you know, keeping him alive will keep me happy because it's a mystery is afoot because we'll never figure out who he is because Batman has flamethrowers in his mask to keep people <laughs> at bay. And but you would think he has something. So you have Mr. Tarkov showed up who's the fucking Phantom of the Opera. And in the meantime, you have all of the super pets who have escaped the friggin', you know, the, the pet cemetery slash crematorium. And they're just making their way to where Batman is, where we now know that the people involved in the funeral service, the pet cemetery services, they were actually a front for the mob. We've known this, but the idea that instead of burying pets in the yard, we now bury murdered victims of the criminal organization. So we can't have people sleeping around. We've got to find them pets, dead or alive, but hopefully alive. And people see the pets walking through Gotham. We got them, sir. There you go. <laughs> Super pets. Uh, with that, though. Mr. Tarkov. There's something here with the idea of burying, but they make it seem like they have to go one-to-one with the pets to the criminals. You know, they end up using the cemetery. Where's Ace? It almost feels like what you get with a, you know, a car wrecking place. We end up, oh, we get this car, we put the dead bodies in, we crumble up in a, a little ball, and then we throw. So with Perfect that, crime. they really feel, in my mind, like they need that one-to-one deal. We can't bury this guy we killed because we don't have Ace to protect. No, you just put Ace on a thing or make up Fluffy. Just do that, right? They don't want things to pull back to them, but how are anybody going to see Ace and know well, that they go this, there, though, right? I, I want to tell you that if this issue is not, like, not, there's not nothing horrible. really going on. It's not eventful, though, is no. what I'm trying to say. But when you have this, with Mr. Tarkov, or Big Better situation, with a few pages of showing you him as a kid in St. Petersburg in 1978 and how he feels about things and the, the idea of craftsmen and their tools and how they like treat them, the idea of joy and what money brings. And, and he thought like money that. would bring him joy. This and it background has is already more, you know more about Mr. Tarkov than anybody knows about any of the villains in the Arkham Tower and anything you know about Keepsake and the Harley Quinn or series. anything in this book. I mean, you do get that. And I like that concept of he is somebody who thought at this point that he would have had joy, even as a daughter. I mean, and that doesn't seem the, the problem I have is you end up having all this and it seems like what I got like three other pages to fill. Well, I'm going to tell the story about the lion and the puppy and you end up having it. And this That's is fine, where though. no, but the problem is, is at the end when his daughter says, what the hell does that mean? He says nothing. He goes, it doesn't mean anything. Why do you have to have a moral of the story? It doesn't. It doesn't even fit in with what we have going on here, really. And he says that and that drove me nuts. But with that, I like that they keep going. Oh, man, there's no way these animals are out. It's almost the opposite of Brody. The idea, oh, he can disappear and and he isn't. Well, they end up, oh, these animals, they're going to be all over the place. First off, one's a bear. I mean, sure just is. going through the woods. I went through the woods bear one time. I got legs. yellow. Yeah. No. So with that, too, the, a chicken on a wheelchair. I mean, these are not <laughs> something that is just like, oh, a stray cat and a dog got out there. Hopefully they homeward bound the shit and find their way home. That's all I thought about when they're in the woods. You have a bear. He's after the picnic baskets. You know that, Eric. That's what they do. You got the chicken in the wheelchair that you damn well know is going to get to me, my super pets. He's going to Professor X this shit up. Also, he's going to be mad if a place doesn't have a ramp. All this stuff going on, they are teaming up there, and they're going for this. I like that. I actually, I'm joking about it, but I like the idea where they're like, no, these pets, they don't. I don't know why those guys, because the guy saying it isn't Russian, but I'm still going to go with it. These pets, they don't know anything. They probably did already. 
And they're not there. They're like the they're A not. team. They're thriving. Oh my goodness. I mean, by this point, I think two of them have already collected a pension on their job they've had all if this you time. you need them, and if you can find them, <laughs> hire the super pets. They have a better, I mean, a, a horrific upbringing with what happened to them, whatever, but they are doing more than me and you have done in the last three years. These pets are out there taking them to the These streets. pets have done more than any of the bathroom we've done in Arkham Tower. That is true. Maybe they, they're sniffing. To the tower, boy! They like, why off. is an ace in there as a like you know undercover as a patient as well? I don't know why I made ace sound this like guy a thinks, chimp. This guy thinks that ace is. A, I mean, everybody thinks that this guy thinks he's a dog. <laughs> uh, but again, uh, going into this, I I didn't expect much. I didn't hate it. And the it, thing is, it's the best story in here. I kind of got a little giggle. Uh, it is. It is easily. Easily the best Thankfully story. Thankfully, got there. away from the whole idea of you know torturing animals as its main plot that you want to talk about. And I, I again, I, I go that Mark Russell was trying to give us the idea that we had to get, but I can get behind pets going yeah. homeward bound. I, I don't need Love to have movie. them in a wheelchair and you know. Kitty was called sassy. Yeah, I, I, oh, I wish I had that sound. I do end up loving the homeward bound. I love any no, of them. I love any of those type of movies where the animals have to get home and stuff. It shows you the love, Eric. And we're I, just talking animals. Like, look who's talking now. Now that those were people, Eric. I do, no, no not that one. Okay. That was the animals. Oh, uh, I was thinking you were more thinking of like a uh, Doctor Doolittle or something like that, but. Uh, yeah, lines. with that. We uh, couldn't understand them. Well, we could, but John Travolta couldn't. Allie Sheep, not Allie. Allie, what the hell is her I name? I thought Allie Sheep. No. No, I want to say Allie Sheep. I know who you're talking about. Okay. We'll think about it later. Hey, I thought you said, look who's talking to, Eric. Look who's talking now. Oh, but also to. Jump the shark moment for the look who's talking franchise. The first minute of the first movie was the jumping the shark moment. That was, how popular? That was so popular at that point. I loved so much as a kid. You were. I probably actually shouldn't have been watching for the overt sexuality. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> Might have worked. Yeah. Uh, what do you give this overall? thing is, I like the uh, Super Pet story more than anything that's in this because everything about this is just not good overall. It just seems like everything's crashing to an end or hanging on way too long, and I don't know why we're having this in a Batman urban legend story. Like, everybody talks about Batman is oversaturating. All I want is actually maybe some Batman in this because everything else is just kind of lackluster in it, but I will give it a 5.3 out I mean, of 10. I mean, the best Batman moment we get in all of this is that freaking flamethrower out of the cow. I know. That shit scared the crap but out of me. The thing is, you go and you try to look under the cow. The electrocution thing, you've seen that a million times. Yeah, it's fine. You it's one know of those this is going to But then when they try again after the guy gets electrocuted and then a little freaking pipe shoot out of his mask and shoot flamethrowers at you, I'm like, no. Yeah, I like no, that they no, thought no. the first guy getting shocked and the batteries must have, you know, I wouldn't go back in there, though the guy is told to do it. And so we have this Urban Legends book. And, you know, these stories, you, I mean, really. Kirstie Alley. Uh, yeah, Kirstie Alley. You end up Alley where. Sheedy. Kirstie yeah, really, Alley. that's how we got it. You end up where. You know, Kid Eternity, the Eternity deal. We're starting I'm to done. we're starting to get to the bottom of the barrel. So I really do think for Birds of Prey. that they should maybe end the Urban Legends deal. But I do like the concept of a book where you can have a lot of different characters. The problem is is in Urban Legends, Feminine Urban Legends, you're you're kind of, you know, you're limiting your deal. I would like them to have a DC presents where you could have some firestorm hawkman i again. like you that and, back in, uh, and that's what i wish this was and and it's it's trying to play it up like that but you always have to have it even then though you got weird things with the dc presents where it's like all right everybody here's the new challenges the challenges the unknown, the like, unknown and doing stuff. This already? even then though there's somebody out there i mean i i calculating three fans of the challenges the unknown eric and they got their book but you could have a doom patrol 
And that you, there's so many opportunities where if you're going to have something like this, don't limit yourself to Gotham City and Batman. We have enough Batman books. And this is not a dig on, oh, well, there's too many Batman books. We know why no, there, there is. is. A whole podcast yeah, we know part. why there is that, right? But use this anthology format to give us something like a DC. I, I love that concept. Now, again, if they get, they start that next week, we're probably bitching within a month that some of the stories don't hit because not everyone is going oh, to. Man. But at least you and But even then, I mean, there are people who like that sort of thing. You, you get a commandy. Oh, Mac, I mean, and a gem world. It, you are going to love that, Eric. You got Amethyst. <laughs> it was Dinosaur Island story. Oh, my goodness. It's made the for losers. you. Yeah, well, but again, those are things that I'd rather maybe take a shot at that than this. And this book, because it's so expensive and whatnot, it is starting to go down in sales as well. So maybe we'll get that. But I think that if they think like, well, Batman isn't selling now. What are we going to do? Like a DC Presents won't, but that, that's one of the classic books. I, that I just brought up some of like. the covers there for what we had for the DC Comics Presents in the, in the D- New 52, which yeah. I, you, I did enjoy it overall, but I'm looking at what we had. Like, did you have a dead, dead man? man? Yeah, yeah. He was a black, a, like a black lightning and a blue devil book okay. at the same time. Yeah. Here you have a black uh, and a blue, Vandal I call Savage it, Eric, book. right? Black and blue. And you have a cool. little Savage book, okay. but like, even at the end when you have like, here's Starfire and here's Red Arrow, our arsenal at that point. That's cool. I, I actually think those that's are just one shots. I think. Yeah, those. A lot of them were like weird. I think the challenge the that it started out, challenge of the unknown was a couple of issues and stuff like that. They just called that challenge at that point too. You got to streamline this. I'm gonna go because I didn't say. I'm gonna go five point five. Again, I I will say that the Super Pets was not bad, and it was the gem. It was the gem of the lot here, uh, but still not great. But with all of that, and we'll be back with two or more of books. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shape. Oh, yes, Eric Chase with me with all of his figures staring down at him. If you saw that They're all tweet, looking. They're all looking at him. And they're Except for there. some of the Norm McFarlane figures that have the side eye. They ain't looking uh, at they're, they're looking at you with the stink eye there. But they're all making sure that you do not fake the funk, Eric. They're looking there. Is there going to be a new edition of the new Red Robin figure, Eric? Will he be there? I don't know. The New 52 Red Robin fit, like, you know, costume was never something I really cared for, but I do want Tim Drake representation. That is true. You you were a little more hateful the first time you told me. You're like, I don't want that damn thing. But I think that you'll get it. I, I laughed and giggled to myself like, he's going to get it. I know he will. You want a Tim. Knight's version, which I don't care for, or this New 52 version, which I care for a little bit more, I guess, than the other one. Would you rather get that Tim Drake, or would you get Tiny Tim, if they had him with the ukulele? Uh, you get that? Is that a real like, question? Would you like that figure? <laughs> like that was actually a Mego figure for some reason. I'm sure it would be, and I, it definitely a Funko would be cool with, with Tiny Tim. I'm a Tiny Tim fan. I am oh, there. Know. Oh, yeah. I know that song. I don't really know much more, and I, can't, I think that his... Uh, the lady that was around him was like kind of like a miscellane or something like that, like that whole deal he'd always talk to. I think that he wore diapers, too. I used to hear him being interviewed a lot on Howard, and I got a kick out of him. But we're here with a Batman Superman section, and that might trigger some people with what is going on here. Not us, because I'm actually really enjoying this Jace 
Fox, especially since going to New York City, I think that it gives him his own identity, gives him his own city. Well, it's fun because I like the idea where in Gotham, he's looked at, oh, look at that guy. He's not Batman. But when he goes to New York City, he's looked at as, oh, man, I don't like the Batman. I think that that's a cool play that I didn't expect as much when you have that, where when he goes out of Gotham to try to get away from the shadow, the shadow follows him, and that's all anybody sees. And I think that that is a cool play. And we are playing it more, you know, street level, though we have a serial killer. And what I was going to say, and it's so funny, after that first issue last time with the idea, oh, there's a serial killer, and you said, listen, Batman brings the crazies, the whole idea. I was going to say, and they even say it in this, but by the end, it quite doesn't work because I was going to tell you, like, no, no, no. Serial killers are pretty crazy. That doesn't mean they're going to wear masks. And, ju- and then at the end, I'm like, yep, I was wrong. This so, is yeah, Batman crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. But again, we've had some crazy serial killers in real life and things like that. Some of them wore masks. Yeah. So I thought maybe it'll be kind of dialed up. That no, no. It it seems like it's some you know, of them. The Riddler was based off of on the new Batman movie. Yeah, exactly. So. With that, Eric, let's start this out with what? I am Batman number seven, written by John Ridley, with R5, Christian Duce, Rex Locus, and Troy Pateri. And like you said, we're still in New York with our new status quo for the next the I Am Batman. I'll keep wanting to say the next Batman because of the whole thing before, but the idea going forward is now that uh, Jace is working for the, the New York Police Department, they have set up what they're calling Strike Force Batman, which throughout this reading, that's what we keep calling Task Force Batman. But Strike Force Batman, this is what the press has labeled it. This is what everybody's latching up to. And for the most part, throughout the police department, it is a big joke. Just the idea. And this is the thing. I like this aspect because it's not what I expected going to New York City, where it becomes almost like the um, Gotham Central is what it reminds like, me no, of. Like Sean Murphy's White Knight. Okay, we the, yeah. Where you had the G, uh, what is that, the, the GTO? Yeah, yeah the, the GTO. GTO. Where you had the vigilantes in the police department making a special crimes unit for the most part. And that's what we have here. And I like the idea where Jace wanting to be the street level Batman, the new, like his concept of what the Dark Knight should be. He is forced to go after a serial killer when the thing that he really wants to go after is some gun smuggling that is leading to gang warfare and murders. That is put to the back burner because everybody cares about this uh, serial killer killing rich society members that he doesn't care about. But the thing is, when you get to it, it's the greatest part because he is Batman in a new city doing his own thing. He wants to escape the shadow of Bat, like you said. But it is just following because wherever Batman goes, craziness goes. And that is true. And you start off with the commissioner who we saw before. The mayor is into Batman. And the the mayor seems to be almost on the up and up. He seems to be, you know, wanting this. We said at points you can end up finding out he's just using it. It seemed like his heart's into this. You don't really see him here. Batman, he's a mayor villain away that has all about it. Now, the commissioner doesn't want that. And rightly so. He's there. They think New York City. I mean, we're really playing the idea where Gotham is usually New York, but. It almost feels like we Philadelphia, like around we are, because you have the New York City. We're New York City. We don't do it. And Gotham, if you look at from the outside and don't know what's going on, all you can think of is the idea that the GCPD is so bad because they deal with Batman. They let Batman in. So a commissioner probably isn't going to want that. And it it seems like, why would this guy come into our city and we, we already take care of this whatnot? And so you end up having this press conference, but only people don't. People all want to hear about Batman. About Strike Force Batman. Hey, what's up with the Batman? What's up with the Batman? I think it was played out pretty well in this, I will say. And if people are pulling back from even checking this book out since it's gotten to New York City, I tell everybody you should read it, especially if you are a Tom Taylor. There are some Tom Taylor-esque scenes in this book, and I'm starting to see 
that John Ridley is getting a little more handle of the pacing of the things and going with his character because it's pretty funny in a, in a weird way. Like, as the commissioner's trying to talk and every, okay, you, what do you want, Toby? Oh, well, what about that Batman? I'm not talking about Batman. How about you, Shield? The Batman. And he's like, I'm out of here. He just leaves. And we see that he's a hateful guy. I mean, he is not a good guy. He's a bit of a racist. He starts yelling about some things. But in the meantime, I really like Jace, Chubb, and Whitaker doing the street level but thing. Mike Tanaka and Michelle. Well, we don't Moore. get Tanaka and Mule, but they're actually it seems like they're there to set up the idea of the rejects. That they get, yeah. you know, put on strike like bat what was this? I can't even say it now. Strike force. Strike Batman. Force, yeah. And I think that what's gonna happen is you'll find out that they're gems in disguise, Eric. It's like Transformers. I think that they are gonna be the idea that they shine will, here. Yeah, I think that they will. And maybe they're going to have to do something where you need a trigger happy guy like Mike Tanaka. Tanaka four officer involved shootings in the last three years. That counts as trigger happy in my book. And Michelle Muir, her jacket's full of HR complaints and she didn't file them. They were filed against her. And, and here's the thing. You end up having Tanaka a little trigger happy, right? This is probably going to conflict really with Jace a lot. So that'd be cool. I don't know what, you know, I don't even want to know what she's up to. Like, does she get handsy? Does she have a mouth on her? I don't know. But I, I'm interested to see she how that plays out. Yeah, like she's like, hey, and, you know, really awful and stuff. That would be an HR complaint, I would think. Uh, but I like the idea that, yeah, this is the cast-offs, but isn't Jace kind of that as well? And even well, Chubb that, and Whitaker, Chubb right? being put yeah. over here after being like, you know, dismissed from the GCPD and stuff like that. It is the Losers Club over here in New York City. And I think that you're going to get to the point of, listen, they don't expect anything from us. So we have nothing to lose, really. But let's prove them wrong. Let's go out there. And that's why I thought like a GCPD, a Gotham Central type idea here. But you're right. It, it is more of the GTO. But I do like this idea of, seeing these different characters and you get this Tanaka and this Mueller, but we don't get them yet. And that's good because we just, we're just settling in. I don't need them. You know, you announced that they're on there, but I still want more of Whitaker and Chubb as they go. And the one thing about it is Chubb is so pissed off about all this and bitching and moaning as if Whitaker has anything to do with it. And in fact, Whitaker's only there because Chubb got him. I wanted him to say like, listen, you wanted me here. I mean, was a good on? friend. Yeah, like you're bitching and moaning about how you hate that. You got me involved in this shit, but. But honestly, thank you for getting me out of Gotham because nobody wants to live there. And so Jace being Batman here, it is one of those things. Can He can escape Gotham, but the Batman, you can't escape. And he's there as Batman. So everybody wants him to do these big things, but he doesn't want to. That's not what he came for. So he does spell it out. Listen, I there's a lot of other things I want to do. And I said to you before, I think it's John Ridley saying like, hey, guys, there, there's where his heart really is, but we're not going to be able to do that. We're gonna, But at least he says, and Chubb and Whitaker say, We'll follow the lead. We'll get the guns. We'll do that. That's something we can oh, that's handle. that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, and he's like, oh, shut I don't want to deal with craziness. But, you know, you sit there. Whitaker's like, I'm listen, that, man. I'm not getting involved in no serial killer nonsense. That's you. I'm not doing that. This guy was ripped digit to digit, limb to limb. I don't want to deal yeah, with that. I mean, bad. And so get him, Batman. you end up having Chase. You do that, please. And we'll go. And I love this is the idea that Chase has to, you know, says, okay, I will do that. In a way of trusting 
shove and Whitaker to get the other job done. In the meantime, well, I think this is a, like a real case. So if the season is a wild goose chase to a degree where the actual people are being murdered by these guns on the gray market, being fueled to you know create gang violence and stuff like that. It is the street level thing. Yeah, that that's wants more to in the here and now. Yeah. And when now somebody is just killed by, you know, or the high society is killed. What does that matter to me? It's through his own detective work against his own wishes to figure this whole thing out to be realized there's a deeper conspiracy here and something that he should be a part of. And in the meantime, what I really like, too, is they're Chubb and Whitaker. They don't quite trust Jace. And so when they go to do this, even when you have Mueller has to step up and you get those in there, like, how do you know the intel of this Batman is good? And they don't. But Chubb steps up and says, listen, it's on me. I'm the leader here. I'm going to go. I'll go first. And because they end up saying, why don't we go in? They say six people are there. Why don't we go in and Batman's wrong? Why don't there's 50? Why don't we're walking into a death Man, trap? i got to rally the troops. I'm not a fan of the Strike Force Batman thing either, but I have and to be the, the leader. And that's the cool thing about it. This isn't a rah-rah thing of like, hey, Chubb, what up? And they're high-fiving. They don't like each other. They don't know each other, really, is what's going on. They don't trust each other. And I thought that this issue really, really plays that out well of the idea of a new team. And it really feels so fresh because you just move cities. And that's something where maybe I never when I say that a book needs, oh, we need to cancel. Maybe there is something where like when you had Dick Grayson go to Chicago back in the new 52, it didn't quite work out very well. But, you know, a change of locations and things like that. It's done wonders for this because it does feel like. Now it's a Jace book. It's its own thing. Yeah, it's its own deal. So you do go off then, and he goes and gets his man who's going to look into, yeah, Vol, who's going to look into this Devlin Ruble who ends up being killed. And this guy is, oh, my God, he's a rich guy. This is where you said Jace wasn't really that interested. This is just a high society guy. Somebody else will figure this out. They'll be able to do this. But then Vol starts looking in, and this guy wasn't really on the up and up. This well, guy. Well, not only that, because we have to. It leads us down the path, the path of the idea that his, like this dude's head of security has gone missing now. So we track that guy's phone to figure out where he's at to get the idea. Did you kill your boss? No, but my boss was just some crazy shit. Things were going down that I didn't want to be a part of. I got. I'm getting the hell out of town right now. Please, Batman, leave me alone. So that gets us on the idea that there's something deeper going on here to the point where Vol. He didn't, he actually gets more information after Jace gets that because whoever killed, you know, Devlin, he's now uploading all of this information about child sex trafficking and all the stuff that this guy was involved with. So this, you know, high society kind of guy that everybody's feeling sorry for because he was murdered, he was a piece of shit. And now Batman has to get to the bottom of it. Is he going to find the craziest? Yes, he is going to find the craziest because he's Batman. The craziest that we're going to get here is some guy that wants to work with the Batman just in the wrong way. In a crazy way. And it it plays off the idea. Now, Jeffrey Epstein, not quite, but it's still the same idea where people, me and you, we don't know what this guy's up to. And everybody kind of wink, wink. We know that this guy's a piece of crap. Who is a, you know, internet sleuth, extraordinaire, hacker kind of guy, whatever kind of thing you want to go with with that. But he's looking in the devil and ruble. Made crazy money on Wall Street, major philanthropist, was barely a good cause in the city that he didn't support. And until all this new information was uploaded after Jace went down the rabbit hole looking for this like guy's head of security, you know, all this terrible stuff started coming out about who he really was. And they even say that with that, most of the people who would have been in his circles and ran with him, the rich and famous like that, they kind of knew about this. It seemed like something that they were well aware of and just let it go because this guy was so rich and powerful. And the idea of Lex Luthor does this a lot. Not that he does that nonsense, but he ends up funding things and he's a philanthropist. So you can look because he knows how to play the angles like this guy did. But now as the stuff gets uploaded and going, you do see and it leads to a cool little side mystery. The idea of 
is it good to kill bad people? I mean, this guy was a real piece of crap, but you can't go and kill people. Having Batman involved in that is a cool idea. But then again, having Jace Batman in, you got to see how he goes with this. This is the idea of giving us how Jace thinks and what would be in his mind of what this would be. I, I would doubt that he likes people being dismembered. But, yeah. you know, the idea that these rich and famous people are pieces of crap are getting their comeuppance, I'm sure, in a little area. It's like, but well, again, they deserve it, but... it. We know that, you know, Jace is going to go and confront this serial killer here because Vol is able to track the person who is uploading this information, which will get him to that location of the guy. Yeah. Now, we don't know a lot about Jace. He is a uh, guy who goes on, takes jobs for, like, you know, black ops stuff, like mercenary kind of stuff. He's been trained to think a certain way about truth and justice that is not the same as the Gotham City Batman. When put in this situation with a guy who has it all and is using his power, money, and influence to do terrible things to people, you know, like children and freaking like the just people who can't defend themselves, what will Jace's be, take be on this? And the funny thing is to think about it and going through all the things, including the next Batman and the background of Jace going through, you almost think that at one point in his life he might not have wanted to help anything, but like he would have been after this guy. Yeah, what he, he got what he deserved. Yeah, and at a point, if this would have been his Black Ops mission, to take, he would have taken the guy down, but the evolution and the progression of him as Batman has changed him a bit, even since the beginning and now in New York. But we're still, like you said, that's what I like about this book. We're still learning about Jace, and I want to see him in these situations to see what's going on. Now, he walks into a room and there's a serial killer who's like, hey, buddy, let's say I don't expect him to give him a high five again. Yeah, this guy ends up where what pants is he ironing? It ain't going to work, buddy. That doesn't Only work. Once. Now, yeah, really, goes. seriously. But while that's going on, you have a couple of other things happening. You have Jace's mom working her Tanya. deal, Tanya, and yep. she's trying to get the some Fox things. Family funds that he's gonna, she's going to give to the city. And the idea that we get a little idea that now that we are in New York and the, the, talk, to, uh, the talk that Jace had with his father, Lucius, before he left Gotham to go to New York, it seems that for all the anti-mask, anti-Batman sentiment that we had in the Fox family, has kind of been pushed aside now where Tanya Fox is not as bad that she and that she was previously because, you know, Lucius is over it. And also she saw this Batman up close and personal and sees what kind of good he can do. Yeah. And so she's there talking to the mayor. And again, it's the mayor, the whole idea. And you have this little bit because the commissioner, he's just the worst. He is a racist guy. He wants, you know, New York. He wants us to fail. He wants the mayor out of there. He wants the city to be like what it should what be it was, in his mind. In his mind. And so when you do end up, having this, the mayor having this meeting, she ends up saying, listen, I would like to get some money going. And we came here to New York City to help my daughter rehabilitate. There's great things in the city. I'm not giving money, though, to make an opera house. I don't want to give money to make, you know, some crazy casino. I want to help everybody. I want to do something that's helpful. Yeah, Yeah. And so with that, We'll see how that is and how and but that's a cool deal and the idea of playing with Batman and you guys are having Batman. But in the meantime, you do have his assistant that's got eyes on the prize and all that stuff. So there are a lot of things going on besides just Jace. And then you end up getting Chubb and Whitaker and their crew, Tanaka and Miller. They go to this gun running place and Batman's intel is right on. It was exactly what he said. And they take it down. So now they're going to, and you even have Chubb, like she now has to start rethinking what she thought about Jason, what she thought about Batman, especially as he has agreed to go off and face the serial killer. And then you even get Tiff and Tam where they're, you know, doing all this and they're talking about Luke, their other brother, obviously Batwing. And I hope that he shows up at some point. 
Uh, I really or anywhere. I really wish that they really went with Tiffany because she is a super genius, Tiffany. And I wish they would lean on that a little more as well. They haven't really that much yet. But what was the last thing we saw her doing before the series started? Was it she getting an she internship? Went off. She to got Star an Labs? internship to Star Labs. She was actually going to be like a big thing at Star Labs. That's how smart she was. The idea that it was Luke Fox. She's almost like Tanya Spears, the yeah. big, you know, the new power girl for how smart she was and stuff like that. Yeah, Tanya, she was a millionaire, a billionaire, but. You end up where I want to. I want them to do a little more with her, and even Tim, that she's out and rehabbing and doing well. So that's a cool thing, and that's the thing about this book. Like this book feels like, unlike some other books we talk about tonight, it feels like a dense story, but everything Fresh. makes sense and everything goes. I didn't feel like, oh man, I wish you know we didn't get enough of that. It feels like we're getting enough of everything as it goes forward, and not just Jace's Batman and. Legitimately, the people who are afraid to read this or say, oh, I don't, they, John Ridley is not making Jace Fox an infallible Batman. He's not showing up as, you know, the White Knight, you know, to go with your thing with the GTO. He has shown up. He wants to do his thing. He's a grittier deal. And we are wondering what he will end up doing when he faces off against the serial killer who doesn't seem. He's threatening. I mean, he has an iron with spikes. I mean, that's pretty threatening. But he's got a mask too. As you're getting towards him finding this guy, you start to see what's happening. The idea. I think that the serial killer is thinking he's doing the right thing here, and that is again another thing that we like with villains. The idea that a villain thinks they're the hero, but they they just don't understand. They're going at it the wrong way. This guy ends up, you know, he's taking down some really bad people, but he's also turning them into weird art and nonsense. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's taking it a little too far. He's a wacko. But, yeah, I, I really like this. I really do. Even and, beyond the murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I like the art, all of that. I think the pacing is right on. I think that just imagine if the City. Punisher was doing his thing because he's doing some good and then stops to do some finger paints with the entrails. Exactly. Now, with that, I mean, you go with that. This could. Even Jace feels a little Punisher-esque without going and shooting everybody or whatnot. But he seems like even without – he has an edge to him that I like. You don't know what he might do. You don't know if he's good enough to get everything done. I think that that's cool. That's something where if you end up like, oh, the Bat God, which we haven't had in a while. The Batman can't do anything right, it seems, lately. But, you know, you don't have that. It's a very edgy and, you know, type of deal. I'm, I like it. I'm interested in this, and I continue to like it since – especially last issue to this, but anything else? What did you give this? You know, the thing is, I love the art in this. I love the further learning of Jace Fox and even the idea that I'm still intrigued to find out what kind of Batman he's going to be. The setting up with the Strike Force bat, it's at, like, you know, it's out there to the point where it's just different, and I like it because you, it's not what you would expect from this Batman. It is different than the Batman that we do know because it's out there in the public to the point where the press is talking about it. Everybody knows it's a different Batman, but it is working, especially for the idea that Batman, like he's not the Batman, he's Batman, but the craziness of the Batman it has is going to follow him here in New York. I look forward to it. I give this an eight out of ten. I'm giving an eight five, and and again, like you said, the craziness follows a Batman, but also the preconceived notions by everybody else around the country. We're seeing that. I like that. And the big thing, leaving Gotham is is so good a play because anytime, like right here, we have Jace going after this what might be called. Man Ray, I don't know. It seems weird at the end. But then you would, if he's in Gotham, you're like, well, why isn't Batman going to stop that? And you'd always have that. And, oh, why isn't Nightwing that? So I like this. I like that he's just doing his own deal and let's go with it. So I'm pretty impressed with this so far. It actually has turned completely around. 
with the book that we weren't hating. We just it kind of just didn't seem to have its own thing going on, and now it certainly does. So I, I'm enjoying it, and hopefully, uh, you know, John Lilly gets to tell a complete story here as we go forward. But what is next, Eric? Superman, Son of Kal-El, number nine, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Bruno Redondo, Wade Von Grodbauger, Adriana Lucas, and Wes Abbott. And we continue our crossover between Nightwing and Superman. And here we find out that while Risk was killed and a bunch of other superheroes around the world, last issue of Nightwing, now we're going to try to flush out these killers by stopping Lex Luthor's shadier dealings with Nightwing going around the city and doing his, you know, vigilante work in Metropolis. So we can lure these three post-humans out of hiding. And to do that, too, we have to make sure that, you know, Jonathan Kent flies out of the city because Henry Bendix is watching and is all-knowing here. So he flies around the world to make sure that when, you know, these three killers, these post-human killers confront Nightwing, he can just make his way back so you have the proper Superman-Nightwing team-up that you want. And Nightwing's my favorite character, so having this crossover is cool. The one thing that I've been saying about it is that he is just so... I mean, he doesn't do anything wrong. He really doesn't. And the funny thing is... Going into this, going into this, I kept saying that I, my favorite character is Dick Grayson. And I would say I like Dick Grayson because he's the night, his superpower is being a great guy. The problem with this Tom Taylor stuff now, I, I'm like, I'm undershooting it. It seems like I'll go to somebody and say, man, that Nightwing's a great guy. And they're going to get mad at me because that doesn't fully spell out. You didn't say he's the greatest he's a guy. Saint. I mean, I, I'm telling you, at one point, I'm surprised he doesn't just walk over water in the bay. And I'm not going to say that I don't like this issue. I I like it enough. The problem I have is, and I think that this this whole deal, it's a crossover here. And I'm talking about both the Superman, Son of Kal-El, and the Nightwing books. They are fine. A lot of people love them. And I do think that they are well served for people who just want to have some fun, have a smile on their face when they're done. Uh, Unfortunately, I've read, you know, not comics all my life like you, but we end up reading everything. Each week we review it. So I need more, though. And that's the thing. And I think that you will at least agree with me there that by the end of every issue of Tom Taylor right lately, especially, it just doesn't feel like you got a full issue. It oh, doesn't it feel by to the point where like, wait, I just got started. How can it be over already? Because you want something out of the story of the crossover between Nightwing and Superman. And all we got in this was the setup for the idea that we know that Lex Luthor is behind it. Because even when you figure that out at the last issue of Nightwing, going to this by the end, we're going to stop that Lex Luthor. But the thing is, we're just setting things up here, not actually telling a story between Super, uh, Superman and Nightwing, more to the idea that Nightwing will be a mentor and, he, and Superman needs a hug. Yeah, and so by the end, you you have a conundrum. I mean, this is me when I'm reading it. I get to the end and I think to myself, did I just love the issue so much that it went quick? Or is it because nothing happened? And the it's, issue it's kind is, of in between. It's less about story in my mind and it's more feels. about the feels. It's and feels. you need to have this between Nightwing and Superman because they are going to be super sons to a degree. It's just that. World's finest, I think. World's say. finest, I guess we could say. But the idea is Superman, the superest sons. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Superman needs Nightwing, and he's always been inspired by Nightwing ever since he was a child. And the idea that Superman asked Nightwing to do this, he's going to continue to be in John's life, it seems like, to a higher degree, especially now that Dick Grayson, billionaire, is funding the truth. It's just getting all the ducks in a row with what we're going to do going forward. Like, this whole thing, it's about the feels, but as for the story... This was the setup for what's to come in the story, not actually all about the story. But again, itself. we talked about that when you get things with Haley, the dog, and you, everything is always the setup of the feels to get to what's next. And with this, this is where I have been 
you know, throw, not throwing shade, but th- this is my argument here in this issue. And I do like this issue. There's a lot of feels. I do think that it's ridiculous that little John was sitting in a volcano thinking Nightwing is showing up. I think that's completely uh, ridiculous. But with that aside. He was his hero. With that, but still, he, I think he knows how this went. And he's a hero because he got a lollipop from Batman. And yet there well, were some other that, people I there. I assume, though, with the idea that we saw this interaction between John Kent and Nightwing in the previous Nightwing issue where, you know, Nightwing found him and gave him a lollipop. But because of the com- like the, the combination of all the timelines and origins, I'm sure that Nightwing was a bigger part of John's no, life than just one instance. No, but we don't know that it seems like that was about it because they even talk about the day. But with that... You're Superman's son. If you're in a volcano, you think your dad's going to come. Don't give me this Nightwing. That's fine. It's for this I'm issue. I'm sure he thought about both but of them. I think he thought about it. I think he just said, where the hell is anybody? And at one point, he's probably like, where's that damn Jarrell? He let me out here. I got to get him. But seemed like we shortened the timeline that he was there, though, in this issue as well. I wondered if you actually did that, the idea where we kind of skew it seemed down like a little. he was in there for seven years. Seven was years. Five or four now. Yeah, it says he say? that. Well, he ends up where he says I was eleven, and then went to yeah. sixteen. I was like, yeah, it, it doesn't seem right that whole thing because it seemed like it was ten to seventeen previously. Maybe this has something to do with this compressed timeline or something that they're going to do with after dark. I don't know. I, maybe it's something. Maybe it just ended up being just what they decided to do. But because even the idea that he was there till he was sixteen, it doesn't feel like John has been back and being Superman or anything for that amount of time to the point where it seemed like he was going to college. He was. He, so it's weird. But and going to college without ever even going to school before because yeah. he was in a volcano. Look, we could find some documents. Okay. Here, here's back to my complaint. And this is this is my complaint. And it's not a nitpick in my mind. But and it's not something that's going to kill an issue. But this issue, once again, is another one of these things where you can have Nightwing be the mentor to John. Right. You said that. That's cool. Right. I don't need a whole issue f- to convince me that Nightwing's good enough to do that. I already know that. We all know that. We already know that thing. So to push this, it really felt like it was heavy-handed for you to go, oh, my God, you're right. Nightwing should do that when I already knew that and thought that going in. And from the Nightwing book especially, even, you already get the idea. This guy, Nightwing, Dick Grace, he's a great guy. He's going to be a good guy at doing that. So I could have went a little less with that, with the lollipop at the end. You don't have to have your joke tie in all the way to the end. I do like the idea that he goes to Lois, though I wish Lois would have said, I ain't going no pig downgrade here. I'm a Pulitzer Prize winning author here. But he ends up where Dick Grayson ends up asking Lois to be the face of the truth. Be the face of the truth. Because all these kids running around, they're fucking wearing masks for some goddamn reason. And you do reason. need, you can't be anonymous and be trusted. I mean, he's yeah. right. And if you, it's a huge get to get Lois Lane. I mean, holy crap. Well, I'm telling you, this is the whole thing that we have here. While it is showing that Nightwing is a good guy, the connection that John and Dick have in this whole thing, it is setting things up for the characters going forward. Well, we have Jay Nakamura, you know, leader of the truth right now, the boyfriend of John Kent. It looks like because Dick is coming in, funding the truth and stuff like that, he will be a bigger part of the series overall. Maybe not every issue, obviously, but getting Lois Lane involved, especially when I Jay think Nakamura he tells phases, Lois to, like, "Hey, you take care of this." And then Jay Nakamura away. phases through the wall while Dick Grayson's there. They both freak out of the situation, and right outside the door is Lois already with a laser gun ready because, like, she is here to kick, uh, kick ass, take names. So I'm like, okay. We're setting things up with what the supporting cast of this book is going to look like. Yeah, just as again, having Lois come in with a layer. It's to me, that's fan service. Bendix making Superman look like a chump to the rest of the that's world. That's the biggest satellite thing. photos of one of the post humans that they had right there that they're going to question when Bendix said, fuck this. I'm going to blow this kid's head up. And then, you know, satellite footage saw all of this. And now it looks like Superman killed it him. It looks like he heat visioned his head and just blew it up, popped his head. And so 
you get that double duty. You get the idea that John just saw a guy die again and is upset about it, but then it's turned into the idea of no, no, no. And and it's funny, too, because Bendix is there. He's doing the untruth, Eric, and he's letting that out. So hopefully the whole deal he is. And uh, that's a cool play, and it's something that is pretty villainous. That That's a big deal. In the meantime, though, they were going to Galexis Tower, and then that just becomes the idea of the post-humans where they're doing this. Then they end up having tracers on them, and, oh, they went in the building, and now they're going down below. Well, oh, they, my they, God. Like, you know, they followed him. John had to see, like, X-ray vision and watching him go all the way down the elevator to the lead-lined rooms in LexCorp. It was more of the uh, – it seemed like it was more of that tracker. He said that Nightwing put the tracker on as well. Uh-huh. But it just – Okay, the last issue we were leading towards it being at LexCorp, and you just kind of got stuck. Now we're going to go to LexCorp again and see what goes on. It just, you didn't progress much except Bendix doing that big deal of popping the guy's head and blaming it on John. The other stuff was a but lot of But now we know the connection stuff. between Luther Corp and Bendix. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, with that, it's a lot of feel stuff you go it with is, that. Especially when after this whole thing, when that kid dies in John's hands, just exploding right there while John is also shielding Dick Grayson from the explosion. That shook the kid up. He's already been shook a lot in his previous issues of the series. So when he's sitting there and Dick comes over to talk to Lois and John, obviously, but when he comes in with, you know, gives John some tea, he sits down like, I'm not going to tell you what you don't want to hear. I'm not going to tell you there was nothing you could do for that guy and the idea that he's been there. He can sit there on equal terms with John and tell him how it is as a young hero and how things will go wrong and how you should feel. But you can still feel yourself. It's still like, you know, don't let it eat you up inside. Yeah, it's okay. To me, it was just kind of the same old, same old. And John has been upset and still is a little more. And that Dick Grayson will give him some advice. It's fine. Now, is this enough for you to think that John's upset? Because previously you said you didn't see it He is, but at the end he seems fine. Uh, Again, when you do this, you end up every time at the end where he's being given a lollipop, he's smiling up, he's ready to go. And I think that the whole talk there made him better and that he's just going to go forward. He just asked, do you think my dad could have saved him? You know, he doesn't seem as upset as he even was before in this, especially then where it turns into not even being upset. Now it turns into, oh, my God, they're saying I did this. That's the big push here but no i think when you end up and if he is still like you're saying you're thinking that he's so awfully upset and almost getting to the point well then dick grayson can shove that lollipop up his ass get him some real help then if he's there to try to figure this out here's a lollipop buddy well he's making a joke for the idea that he's not alone anymore i know but that's the thing it's only a joke because of this setup nonsense again it wasn't even hit where did he get this lollipop it's not his thing anyway he was the Kuja. juggler. He's got I think that he had, again, up his ass or somebody. He loves you, baby. He ended up having an unwrapped lollipop in his fucking jeans. I'm not eating that lollipop. There's no way. Actually, I would it's got because I'm awful. But, you know, that's me. And still, do you think that that's like a blow pop? Because it certainly looks like a it's blow a pop, pop, right? I don't know. I think it's a blow pop. I think that look, Dick Grayson, look at the thing around the middle of it. It's obviously a tootsie yeah, pop. Yeah, no, they both have the same exact middle, like that. I don't think, yeah, yeah, I they, don't they do. Think they they do. have the exact deal. They're exactly the same shape. Like um, you're saying, like it has that ring on the yeah. The, yeah, they they both have that. I think, but. I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm more of a, I'm more. But, but the blow pop's more oval than round. I'm more of a, I'm more of a blow pop fan, and I'd love to say I'm a more of a blow pop fan because of the idea you get the gum in that, but that gum's the worst. But I yeah. don't like a tootsie pop either. Are you gonna blow bubbles now? <laughs> I don't know. I, you, here's the thing. Does it shock you that I don't think I ever licked the blow pop or the thing, the uh, tootsie roll? pop or whatever to the point where i got to i just it's like one lick and i'm like that stupid owl 
A one, I, said, a I don't want to destroy my teeth. I'm not doing that. I just go to town. I don't give a shit. I'm a hero. You know what's I funny? am. I'm looking at these things now, and I don't know if it's the case. Or I just have like a weird little picture here, but it looks like the the Tootsie Pop, like you know, things have a a vertical ring okay, around them, not a horizontal really? one. That's weird. The only reason I, when you can see it, it's because you can see like the the black uh, chocolate stuff that you yeah. can see that go so through. Probably right? blow pop. Yeah, I think it's a blow pop. <laughs> uh, whatever, but it's just I don't know. That ending made me roll my eyes. It's, it, that felt like it was the end of a very special, you know, episode after school it was special. A very special hey, episode. Kid, have a lollipop. And he's like, no, no, I actually need really therapy right now. I need some professional help. He's like, well, let's take you to the sanctuary. They'll help you out. All right. They'll, they'll take him to the sanctuary. Tom King will start writing, and all he'll do is immersion therapy, where John just ends up grabbing everybody. They blow up right in him. You'll get used to it soon, buddy. Yes, yeah, so they'll start yelling, where are my kids? Right? Is that what he says? But, yeah, I still like this, and I like some of the feels. It's just the idea, like, I need I something to get that going. I we're still overshadowing the idea of John spending what is now just five years, you know, on this Earth 3 volcano. There's where because, the problem is, right? Because the idea when he's even talking to Nightwing about, I spent five years trapped, imprisoned on another Earth, 11 years old to 16. I'm like, that's just retconning shit. But, and the whole time I was there, I just kept hoping somehow you'd find me again. That Nightwing would walk in with a smile and a lollipop. I know it's stupid. It's not stupid. I'm sorry I didn't find you, John, but I'm here now. But the idea... There still is a lot more emotion involved, the idea of what he went through for those well, now five that's years. that's my deal. This is the thing, and this is where I, I had said sometimes in the Nightwing book where, oh, my God, I'm going to help the kids, but yet you don't do anything and they're sleeping outside for the next month, right? The idea where John is finally opening up. This is the most that we've seen John talk about how horrible it was. Yeah. And Dick Grayson doesn't even ask him a question about, hey, buddy, I, I should have saved you. Like, you're almost like the idea where a friend opens up to you and you really don't want to hear. Oh, man, you got over that, though, buddy. Let's go. Where they're really open. They're a cry for help. He needs, like, I would have liked Dick Grayson to, you know, kind of let's get it. Well, what was going on? Well, there was a doppelganger. My dad was really torturing me. Yeah, that seems really bad. And Like, asking him. To, but no, it's just like. I, I would have found you, buddy. Here's a lollipop. And it's just, again, it's kind of a surface level deal. But the feels do work. I did get feels from it. It so just always ends issue. up a little too surface level and not digging into what really should I be done. I want an equal balance, though, of storytelling and feels. And this just goes with the feels and the progression of the story just kind of gets thrown out the window to set up things going forward. So the crossover story, while it is Nightwing and John Kent, you want to see it and you want to love it. And I do enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I just wanted more of it because the art's amazing. I love these characters. And hopefully going forward, now that Nightwing will go off to Bloodhaven or just do some billionaire stuff, we can move forward with taking down Gamora, Henry Bendix, Lex Luthor, and just find out what's actually going on with the rising. And because of these things, I gave this a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 7-5. I'm a little more positive than you, actually. Uh, because, again, I did like, I just, again, you said it. I want more and even more of the story. But if you're going to dig into John and this idea, you're also shortening it, making it seem like, well, Five years in a volcano with the doppelganger, your dad screaming and yelling it's at you emotionally. It's seven. not as bad as seven. No, no, it's still pretty bad. You're not making it any And And also, it'd be funny. Five years. And also, he gave me a really nice pillow to lay. Oh, really? I wish I had a, a bunch pillow. of pigs. All the dead pigs I could eat. Dick Grayson almost is starting to feel like this guy who... He is nice, but he's just nice to be nice and doesn't really, really want to. I don't know. It just feels like a little off that he didn't 
then go to Lois and say, hey, Lois, uh, I was talking to John and he really is having some problems with, you know, when he went off and was missing for all those years. And then Lois can say, really? Because we've asked him about it. And he said he's fine. Like, no, no, no. That's just, you know, lip service. He really does need some help. And it would have been a nice little aside there to maybe set up that he could get some help. But every time they do this, it always feels that's why I always talk to you and argue or not argue, but say, I'm just not getting it because. At the end of it, it always seems like it resets and then he gets it's upset a small again. Smile, just let him be, okay? No, but I'm saying that it is. But I, you gotta have Dick Grayson We're realize about the mask it. he's wearing at the Truth Barge. What about the mask he's wearing in front of his friends? Aren't we Jim? all wearing that masks? Smile. Aren't we all wearing masks? It's a mask, Jim. <laughs> he was dying to be sure. He never lived. Holy moly! You uh, want him to wear his, you know, feelings on his sleeve so you can see it's so big and bad. Like you want, yeah. you want him to show <laughs> you personally. And he's right there. He's screaming for help. He's he like, is. I don't see it. Dick Grayson, he's blind and, and deaf to that. But you end up also just the idea where you're doing this. And you do still have that idea of not just being in a volcano, but you're Superman. Like, how, how are you dealing with that? You're a young kid. Not plus, well. And, and plus, not only are you a young kid, but five years of pretty much some of your most formative years, you spent in a damn volcano with a guy yelling at you. So Look, I he's, don't he's know. He's back. He's in college. He's got a boyfriend. He works for a weird newspaper. He's not in college fine. anymore because he went yeah, he that was. first time and everybody did trouble and he had to leave. Look, he'll go back. Remember when he picked up the, the Jeep and flew yeah. off? <laughs> F you guys. He took his Jeep and his wig and he went home. And he went home. I don't even remember the name. Went. I thought it was like Adam or something. It was terrible. Weird. It was, it was, no, I don't think it, it was, was pretty bad. It was bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a little more puzzled than you. But not, a lot of people are loving this. And it's one of those books. It's very easy to like. It really is. It's one of those that to give a score, it's very easy to give it a really high score because it's all about the feels. It's all about Finn the characters. Finn Connors. It's all about the idea of showing these characters you know, at their best at points, but also the feels. You have Lo- Lois comes in with a, a laser gun. I mean, there you go. You can love that, but at a point where you my want more. Fuck with my boy. When, when you get to a point, though, where if you do want a really big story, and, and it, it's set up to be one, we're just not getting enough of that. So, yeah, 7-5, you give us 7. I think that's fair. People are grinding their teeth at us. I can hear them right now. But we're going to go off right now, and we're going to talk a little mail, Eric. we got a bunch of mail. We'll go to that right now. All right, and it's time for the mail, Eric. And if anybody wants to get involved in the mail section, all you have to do is Send in some mail. I don't know. Remember, I Where got a letter from Manship the other day. Uh, you end up mailing in an email, and that is the only acceptable way for Shea since the beginning of time. And that is Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com, just like J-Man, who I have to apologize. I missed his mail last week. So wow. here we go. J-Man says, hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? Every time DC decides to have a, a line-wide status quo change reboot, I become as giddy as a schoolboy. <laughs> Why do you ask? He says, Why? because Why? This, this beginning of a reboot time is another opportunity for DC creators to do something different or something that has been left untouched on the shelf for several years. Is he being firestorms? Does he? No, Eric, no oh. firestorms. The start of the new 52 brothers gems like, and I will, uh, you are going to give me if you do. Go. Do you think these are gems, Eric? And I have the sound effect ready. I vampire. 
I don't know if I actually read it because I'm not a fan of Andrew Bennett, but I hear good things. Okay, well, that's a yes. Okay, Animal Man. Animal Man was good, yeah. All-Star Western. Didn't read it. I, I read did. The ending after when you started talking about it when he was time-traveled and Bruce Wayne was his lawyer for some reason. It might have started great, but I don't think it finished well. You forgot the best part of that. Remember, his face was healed, Eric. Oh, yeah. It was Plastic weird. surgery. Oh, so you get that. I liked it. I did like it. But when you got that, I started questioning Jimmy Palmiotti. Remember, I was sending Justin, him. I was right? like, are they making you do this? This is weird. I'm a small Tom Bruce. Did he become Wayne a, like a modern-day pirate? Oh, yeah, he became a pirate. time and became oh, no. a pirate. He became a pirate. I think he went back. I can't remember if it was new or present or past. He became a pirate, though. He went off. He looked like Fabio. Uh, Demon Knights, you said the Demon other like, like, like that you were all. Oh my <laughs> god, I hit the wrong thing there. That was oh, not geez. there. There you go. <laughs> what up a 400 nader? Uh, and also Legacy 7022. Justice League Dark, something that you did. It started great of, until right? Blight and Forever Evil because that series is great until Forever Evil. We'll go with that. And the last one, I'll give a, a Jim Frankenstein Agents of Shape. I really that was did like that. That was yeah. funny. That was a book that was so funny because it was something that really piqued my interest just the name of it when you told me about it and i would just say randomly during the day hey eric frankenstein age of the shade and then i read i'm like holy shit this is pretty good the creepy commandos yeah it was pretty cool now with dark crisis and the supposed death of justly dc has another opportunity to give me something that they teased us with coming out of death metal metal event uh dark knights metal event he said the age of new age of heroes eric the new, the new age, age of heroes, heroes is not something that i want to see all the things back. that he mentioned and now he throws the new age of heroes and he says for people like me who are getting tired of all the like bad sideways books, was fine but everybody else was base. well you'll get there that base heroes and villains legacy characters will only partially pass the mantle now this is the thing that makes me laugh is that he is against some of these legacy characters and passing the mantle, but yet he wants the new age of heroes. Uh, but just the idea, too, the new age of heroes were just new DC or even old DC like, characters, characters like skewed were, into Marvel just, characters. Exactly. They yeah. were just Marvel white DC characters. Mike, we have Earth 8 for that. And I don't like Earth 8. Yeah. So he says, uh, car- legacy characters will only partially pass the mantle like Aquaman, multiple flashes, too many new and old human Green Lanterns, having more than one near omnipotent Superman like character. The New Age Heroes was the chance to see new characters, which they weren't. A lot of these were older characters repurposed as Marvel like ones. Like Brimstone. But yeah, and even, even that like, challenges. Even, some, even like the, the titles, the names of them are just repurposed for these new characters. Damage. Damage exactly. is another one, yeah. Now, some of them weren't. Some of them like a side, but with relatively new power sets. I mean, Terrifics was just a terrible Fantastic Four. Yeah, oh my god. And people love that. And I keep and I ended up where a guy I wasn't really arguing because why am I gonna argue the idea that I said it was pretty much the Fantastic Four and the guy's like, Where did you get that? I'm like it's really like really do you want to go into it? It's Sideways like, was just DC Spider Man. Yeah, and the funny thing is he'll get to that and then I have something that I don't know if you'll agree, but says the power sets were not tied too heavily to the existing DC legacy characters. The problem is right away, and he's saying he wants us back, a lot of these characters' power sets were tied heavily into death metal and into the nth metal, something like just dark multiverse stuff. Yeah, dark multiverse. So that's kind of a problem. Also, the Fuge is dead, Eric. What are we going to do with Sideway without the Fuge? DC legacy characters. Give him a real mentor. DC legacy characters are still existing in the same universe. I'm a big fan of Spider-Man. In fact, I'm having hours of fun playing the Miles Morales game, a previous Spider-Man game on the PS5. 
sideways was DC's opportunity to have their own Spider-Man type character personality-wise with a much different power set. Definitely now, was sideways. With the whole deal, yeah, he has the riffs and things, but I still end up where a lot of these characters, like a side, like you might be just better served going and breeding Spider-Man, but it says, I thought Silencer was a cool character. We like Silencer. Yeah, Silencer was pretty good. Damage had some potential depending on how it's he was Silencer threatened. was one of my favorites. Forgot all about her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. And and the Terrifics finally made Mr. Terrific look like a badass with a team all his own and a fantastic for pseudo well, She's just a Black Widow or Electro, you call her? Story. Probably, probably that. She was a little bit of her own thing. Like, some of them did have that, but Fantastic Four, there was no, like, pseudoscience. It was the Fantastic Four. Remember the idea that the villain wasn't Dr. Doom. It was almost like, you know, Professor Chaos, you know, like that. <laughs> it really was. As for the other characters in New Age of Heroes, I could take them or leave them. Now, he says, I know what Jim's going to say. The sales for these new heroes were not there. That's not what I'm going to say. I have some other things to say. But just as an insider, the sales weren't there. At no. some point, though, DC has to grow up here and stop letting Batman rule their lives. Now, again, what I'm going to say right away here is the idea where I would rather and I think it would be better served to maybe get a Hawkman or a Firestorm than a Silencer again and, and whatnot. There are a lot of characters that are on the shelf that they haven't used that might be in front and the queue of that. But if we could have just have five fewer bat titles and use the resources to get two or three creative teams on some of the New Age of Heroes characters mentioned above, they just might find that they have a hit on their hands. Now, if you're going to do this, all this goes, and he says, my money's on Sideways being the standout hit. I, why wasn't it at first? But if they would only give it more than a year of issues with a solid creative team to pick up uh, ground with fans. Now, I think if you're going to do this, first off, you end up, you should, it should be its own imprint, like a milestone. Just get it on its own and do that, maybe. But what I thought, I'm going to go why I don't think it would happen, but what I thought is, what do you think? Because Sideways, they pulled out the idea. A lot of people now, if you go and read, what they say is Sideways was more of a ultimate Spider-Man type character than an actual Peter Parker amazing Spider-Man in regular continuity. Maybe that would have been something that Bendis would have been okay with. When he first came over then, I know that people are just going to say Bendis can't get out of his own way. But maybe you get Bendis and that Mark Bagley who did the ultimate stuff. And, and give it a shot. And maybe it would be something that he could get lightning in a bottle as well again. Like instead and, of all these new characters from the new age of DC heroes and stuff like that, I'd actually see, rather see some of the newer, just regular DC heroes, the younger ones, explored further. Exactly. You're always going to have that with me, that there's too many characters that aren't like utilized instead of sideways, already. I'd rather see more of Red Arrow, personally. Now, yeah. Now, or what's going on with Connor. Connor Hawk. Exactly. You know, I'd have that or Chris Connor Kent. Kent. How about Chris Kent? Like, all these things that people have been talking about. He's in the like, Phantom Zone. I know, but so with that, he says that what I'm going to say, especially about Sideways, is sales. It's not. I think there's another little tidbit that you're not remembering or whatnot. To get that, it's a Dan DiDio character, and I don't think they want anything involved with him anymore. And he would be, you know, not that they have to have him write it, but I think that he would get some residuals and things like that from the character. And I don't think they want anything that he was involved with. Plus, going back to a Dan DiDio, and that was full out 100% Dan DiDio initiative, this whole New Age of Heroes was his, and I don't think they want to step back into something, you know, stepping out with sideways. They don't want to go back to something that was such a big damn deal thing because they're already Except kind of... Everything is 5G. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're at least able to skew that to kind of make it seem like it, but I think that that's too much, and people would be like, eh, I just don't think it would work now. Like Eric said, though, there's a lot of other characters coming out, so if you're going to reboot especially or reset or whatever, there's a lot of other things. You know, John Wayne, 
that guy can't stop yelling about a young justice book. I mean, holy moly. But there's a thing. We don't even have a Teen Titans book coming up, you know, in the, in the near future. But yet, you know, you want sideways and stuff. I just don't think it would work. But I'm telling you, maybe Bendis would have been able to do that back in the day. Maybe they would have been able to have something that he did okay. But thank you, J-Man. The next hey, J-Man. deal is Luisa says, Hello, Jim Eric, and the best crew on the internet to get fresh crew. So the Batman came out the weekend, and I saw it twice. He ended up saying nice. Batman twice. I loved it. The Dark Knight was my favorite Batman movie. Now it's the Batman, so he likes it more than the Dark Knight. I hear a lot of praise, people saying right? that. I hear a lot of high praise for the movie, and I'm like, eventually I'll see it because I don't want to go to the theaters. I didn't like the Dark Knight that much. I was more of a Batman Begins man, Eric. I loved it. It was dark, but I, I said this to you a lot. I'm more of an origin story type deal. I, I always get a kick out of that. I loved it. It was dark and gritty. It was actually a detective story. Have you guys seen it or are planning on it? You I just plan said, on it yeah. whenever I can. My kids saw it. My youngest two saw it and said it was, quote, incredible. And then Rafe said, I've mentioned this a couple of times, I didn't know that that Robert Pattinson is so good looking. And then yeah. he was upset there were no sex scenes. There you go. There's Rafe. But Logan said he it was incredible. He just came out to you and he didn't do anything of sex. Yeah, really. about hey, it. that's fine. It's whatever he wants to do. You end up where Logan actually said to me, specifically, like said, I said, well, it was pretty long. He goes, actually, when it was done, I he thought, man, it wasn't as long as people were saying because he did. that's how much hours. he that's yeah. how much he loved it. He loved it, and I said, if, if I wanted to go, would you guys go again? They said, not with you, Dad. And I got it sad, and then I cried. Now they said they would go. It's just kind of not fun. with you. A deal, but not with me. Zach might go. I mean, I'll get a hold of him anyway. For the main reason I'm here, the questions of the week. Since I'm talking about the Batman movie, who is your favorite on-screen Batman? Eric Shea. This is more Eric Shea stuff, and. I will say Luis wanted us to rank the movies in order of the Batman deal. And I ended up not because I can't get involved. I haven't seen them all. So I end up where I don't want to look like a dick, Eric. I shouldn't have even brought it's, it up, right? It's but, weird, though, because the thing is with that, the, the list you gave me, he didn't put in like Batman v Superman or the Justice oh, League yeah, in there know, or anything like that. I didn't notice that uh, but, when he well, did. But, to go with that, because I know you can't do it. I do have a list, though. I'll just get okay, through it. Yeah, you have my your list. list from top to bottom, though, is Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Batman from 89, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Dark Knight Rises, and Batman and Robin. As for my favorite on-screen Batman, that's a weird thing to say because am I just talking about Batman or am I talking about Bruce Wayne as well? Because I think that Christian Bale was great in both. You didn't put the other movies on there for like the Ben Affleck era of it, the Snyderverse. I thought he was a really good Batman and Bruce Wayne as well. But I think it's going to be a toss-up between Christian Bale and the nostalgia of Michael Keaton. Cause that's yeah, like Michael that Keaton, is, that's well. your your deal because, you know, that's what you grew up with. And I was a young kid when I saw it, and I think, I latched on, Jim. I have all the action figures. And me coming from the outside, and I, I actually told you I only saw two of the Batman movies in full. I'm actually wrong. I saw three. I saw Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Batman 89, and it's full, I believe. I may not, I, I kind of remember, but uh, I, I, I haven't watched it. <laughs> And the others in full. I've seen parts and whatnot. I watched Batman movie in the theaters until Dark Knight Rises. And that shows you the idea of me saying, oh, I can't. This was before. I just wasn't that into superhero movies like that growing up. I like the karate. I like the kung fu's. I like the action scenes and stuff like that and a lot of other movies. But the Batman stuff never really floated my boat. Uh, I saw Superman and Superman 2 in in the theater. But then after that, I, I kind of bailed on that, too. But all in all. I think that I'm, I think my, it's weird because the weird thing about it is with Robert Pattinson out now, the big fight seems to be between Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck. 
And I saw it because, again, I'm, it's kind of outside for me of the whole deal. And I'm like, what happened to Christian Bale? I thought everybody loved that guy as Batman. Well, and he is, seems like, to be left behind now. I like him a lot, but his voice is a problematic thing for the Batman. Because I even the idea of going to see Dark Knight Rises, which I, I was upset that I didn't see it in the theater originally. But then when I finally saw it, I was happy because I need subtitles to watch that movie. I'm not a big fan of it, but couldn't understand Bane. Could barely understand Christian Bale. Uh, ben Affleck, he was a great Batman, like especially a Bruce Wayne. But even the Batman aspect where I like the costume a lot and the bulkiness of it and the comic accurateness of like a Dark Knight Returns, he was kind of goofy at times too. Yeah, yeah. And and with the Ben Affleck I saw the Snyder Cut Justice League. I didn't see Batman v Superman. And I really did like like the scene at the beginning when he's running towards the thing. Oh, yeah. I thought, eh, that's a good Bruce Wayne, but that's so all in all, I, I would I don't know. Adam West, can I say him? You can do whatever though. That's a Batman movie. Yeah. He's my favorite because that's again, I grew up with that's all Shark of Propeller. the Yeah, really, with all of the reruns and stuff like that. But that actually really was more that I loved Dick Grayson in that. But overall I would say I, I I'd have to go Christian Bale because of the two that I saw and I thought he was really good. The voice is really kind of funny and ridiculous, but I'll go I was fine with it for the first two Batman Christian Bale movies. That Dark Knight Rises just went over the top. Yeah, yeah. I I ended up hearing really bad stuff about it and stuff. And so, yeah. So you ended up asking that. But you gave your order of movies as well. But all the ones I saw, I did like Batman Begins the most. That's my favorite That's of my second the favorite ones right I now. saw. Yeah, so I really like that. I like the origin story and I like all of that going on. And even the idea where... I believe I saw that before I even knew who some of those characters were. So then thinking back at it, once I learned, it was even cooler. So I did like that. But that's it. Enjoy your week. See you on the sevens, Aaron. See you on the sevens there. Thank you, Luis. We're going to move on to Jonathan, who says, Dear Weird Science DC Dudes, you're You're a dude with a loser mood is what you are. (gasps) What I meant is you're a gem. Do you know, Eric, that right now thinking of you, you are my bias. Did you know that, Eric? Oh, I've my God, Eric. I, I love you so it. much. Let me kiss you all Is that a bias? Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, What's I his don't name? I, I, I realize that I put that on for something else. I love you, Eric. He cool. says, I just read number two of Legion versus JL, written by the man who shall not be named. I write to inform you that I counted 42. 42 word bubbles on one two-page spread. <laughs> There, Sounds there's, about right. there's a funny thing you can look up, Jonathan, and everybody can. There was a Marvel, it's a Marvel thing, but it was a Marvel, like, it was set in stone. A page can only have so many word bubbles, and each word bubble can only have so many words. And I, I forget what it is. I think the words in the word bubble, it couldn't be more than, like, 24 words in a word bubble. There were times, and it was some of the X stuff, there was one Vita Ayala issue that I ended up, I swear to God, 90 words in a word bubble. There was no room for anything else. It was crazy. But 42 word bubbles is a lot. That is a lot. And he says, Naomi is not a queen, and the man writing this book deserves jail time. That is all. Back in jail time for Bendis. Yeah, there you go. Have that a great week. Jonathan's Bendis breakdown. I'll allow that. Have a great week and hope all 97 podcasts you record this week go well. Your chipper pal, Jonathan Soko. So thank you, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. And he is now, he, he's a small town pizza liar. He is now going to prostitute. The next one and the last one is John Wayne. John Wayne who hasn't emailed us in a while. I mean, you have that hello He's kill, on Slack all the time. Hello, Kilgrim. <laughs> I know that, that Slack ended up uh, really dousing the idea of sending a mail because everybody yells at me and you all day, right? So 
mentality to yeah, me. I'm just talking to boys' toys. That's true. All this stuff. This week was tough, and I'm sitting there waiting for my buddy. I don't know if you know this, Eric, but I, I love you, man. I, you're my favorite guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the idea that I was waiting for my knight in shining armor to show up. My muse, if you will, Eric. I don't know if you know this. You're my pocket. <laughs> I don't get into the dramas. Oh, you don't like the dramas. I actually, did you look at our uh, profile on the Twitter? You might get a chuckle out of that the next time you actually read it, Eric. Howdy to Jim Eric. I know you're going to go over that. Howdy yeah. to Jim Eric, Carlos, Simon, Rube, and Rocky, and all my favorite pilgrims and the Get Fresh Crew. <laughs> and uh, wrong turns. Howdy, Kilgrim Cliff. If you have it, Eric, I do. Here it is. Oh, my goodness, Eric, I love you. It has been quite some time since I last sent an email. Looks like early January of 2019, but have been meaning to send one for a while now. Probably just haven't because I talk to you all the time in the Slack. That there is true. Go. But first, if anyone out there listening wants to be part of a close-knit fan that just enjoys talking comics all day long, oh, my God, like it's nobody's business, you need to look into joining the WS, that's weird, Science Air Patreon, and the GFC. That makes you a weirdo. Crazy to think, but it's been almost five years since I joined. It's funny that Simon the other day realized that he's been on the Patreon for more years and paying more than he's ever paid anything in his life. He's like, <laughs> he ended up, it seemed like he got depressed. Little shout out to Simon. Never in a million years that I think I'd have stayed this long. <laughs> Why is that such a shock? Oh my goodness. You know, holy. <laughs> Jim and Eric have built a great community over the years. I just want to give you two a proper shout <laughs> and Thank then you, say to any fence sitters out there, uh, Eric likes to call them casuals. If you think about getting fresh with this crew, remember that Yoda always said, be like Mike and just do it already, he says. Is that, is a that smart man. Is that Yoda is. You haven't watched some Star Wars movies, have you? No. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He ends up in my favorite thing, but just like The Simpsons, haven't really gone through all of it. Then I kind of didn't like it at points. But yeah, Yoda actually would be like, stay fed center, you will. And that's just my Yoda. But enough with the flowery nonsense. Time to rag on DC. Whose bright idea was it to bring ambush bug to the Suicide Squad, Eric. Well, the thing is, a lot of people love Ambush, but I just think we're overusing him to the point where all the characters that you did love going into that book, once he's introduced, he becomes the spotlight. He becomes it all, and he's overbearing. Yeah, he is. And that's the biggest problem with that is it's not that we – and we go on, and I got in a little bit of an argument like, with a like guy Simon, on Twitter about it. I think Simon said it this week when we were talking about Ambush, but the idea was – he was great in those backups in the New 52. The New 52 News or the 52 Channel News or Channel 52 News. He was great in that. I forgot about that, but that's he's good in his own things. It, you have he throws everything off in a regular deal. It's like it's like Batmite. I mean, it, it really is. And you I end up, you know, and you end up having that stuff going on, and it just it does throw everything on. He's brought that book so far down in such a short time. It's easily my favorite comic after. That annual last summer, now it's just middling its way to cancellation. All good as long as Eric and I get our wish with Nightmatch sticking around long term. Nightmatch, Nightmatch. That's like, that's like, I'm trying to think like Jen Lisa, right? How is that possible? Tim Sheridan, we reward it. Yeah, you you don't know the black. Pink Eric, we reward it for that pile of dog shit he gave us called Teen Titans Academy. Now, you're saying, how did he get rewarded? I think they're just trying to find <laughs> I think that they have him for a certain amount of time. Well, you're under contract. No. Yeah, I think that it might be that. Coolest concept of a book in Infinite Frontier completely thrown in the dumpster and set on fire. 
why was it impossible to find a competent writer for Wonder Woman post Greg Rucka? And we talked about this on our I've been rough for spotlight. many years. It has. And I, I ended up saying the idea that such a big character, you keep resetting things. And we were talking about what would stick. And even coming out of the trial of the Amazons, what will stick from that? Because every time somebody else comes in, they just change it up and whatnot. And that book is a revolving door. But we'll get to that in a moment. And most importantly, where, for the love of God, is me and Eric Shea's new Young Justice book? I told right. you. I didn't even read that. I knew he was going to. He, he comes in here. You he, he got to come. What you, what you got up against the Young Justice, Jim? I just, I hear John Wayne, and all I think it's Young Justice. And then if that gets out of my mind, Super Sons goes flying in. Like, holy Christ. I don't have anything. But then he says, yes, Jim. Expect <laughs> you to answer these questions, and the answer to the last one will be better coming very soon. I would love a Young Justice book. Not done by Bendis. I said it earlier. I actually said it earlier that we. I would rather have you know, or at least people would want a Young Justice book before we get a sideways book. But again, everybody can want their books. And poor Eric Shea here. <laughs> I mean, this guy has been yelling for years and years for that Gem World the Expo. No, nobody's book done that. that. He wanted right. You wanted that. You wanted the Robot Man's. I don't, I don't know what you like anymore. Robot Man be fine. Do you know I love you? <laughs> Uh, but yes, again, it is me too. You don't have an incontinuity Doom Patrol happening. You have a TV show going on that people enjoy for the most part. I actually haven't watched the last season, but incontinuity. Sure, set up. You could do a black label book like that. It doesn't have to be out of continuity, but you could do that mature deal with what that. What was that would weird, be awesome. like label that they had for the Doom Patrol it's the stuff? The Sandman stuff and the uh, young animal stuff. The young animal stuff. That's what that was, kind yeah. of went away. Uh, but yeah, that was a pretty cool deal. But again, the Milk Wars, Jim. Throw out a seven-issue hypertime deal with them. I don't. You just do it. I mean, like you said, you have a if it's if it's popular enough to have a TV show, then just get there something was, out there. I think it was an issue, maybe two, that we had uh, post Forever Evil during Jeff Johns' run of the Justice League during the New Fifty Two, where you introduced the incontinuity New Fifty Two Doom Patrol, and you put Element Woman on that team, and you did nothing with it after that. I'm like, hmm. he set it up for DC to take it away and just keep running with it. They took it away. Right. The Doom Patrol. Right? That trash island. Young animal. Yeah, really. As for the main event, Jim asked on the Slack what my girlfriend Izzy thinks of the beginning of the trial of Amazon. So I'm sitting here writing this email, going back and forth with her on how she wants me to say different shit, and I'm tired of it. LOL. <laughs> so she's just going to write it herself. So now she's going to take over. So and obviously, if I'm going to do that, I should probably try to imitate oh, her God, voice. Hey there, Jim and Eric. Listen to her. She sounds great. She says, hi there, Jim and Eric, and all the rest of John's comic-loving friends. Thanks to, thanks to get fresh crew there. <laughs> Joe, what a good John. You got to teach her some things. Thanks for being there to nerd out with him over the years when I've been too busy. That's the thing. I love the idea. This is the second time, I think, that we've been commended for getting their other, you know, significant other boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or whatever, because Double Aaron's wife at one point said, thank you guys for getting him so into comics so he doesn't go and OD somewhere. It was oh, something Jesus. like that. I'm like, all right, we're doing our work here. As for my homework, and that's a shout out to Double A Run, who he has been a little lax in the new comics, and he ended up, he's inspired to get back in nice. and get up to date. So it's cool. Also, I got the word from Brandone that he's doing that as well and may even join me for a podcast well, on the Patreon. Over. I know it is. And he's just, just think of this. He's just come to terms that the Bills lost. That's <laughs> all it is. He's like, yeah, I guess they're not going to win. I'm going to go on. As for my homework assignment, I suppose I should clarify why Jim cares about my opinion at all. Ha ha ha. She says, of course I can. 
I am a first-generation Brazilian-American. My parents came from Asaco, which is in the southern part of the country, and I probably butchered. I am white, but I have indigenous family members back in Brazil. And many were excited at the idea of Yara. So that shows you. That's a pretty big statement there, that she actually has family members who know about Yara and was excited about a comic that was going to feature somebody from their neck of the woods. As to the comics, I'm going in mostly blind. I read the Future State Yara Floor book in the very first issues of Wonder Girl before it was delayed, but nothing else. There you go. The early stuff was fine, though it felt more like a generic Wonder Woman story. John tells me there likely aren't many Brazilian women comic book writers, but I think like a white girl from Idaho may not be the correct choice to debut the Probably character, not. and that is Joel Jones. She's a talented artist, very talented. Traced a little last week, but a, but a character... <laughs> I just want to throw that. If everybody's going to throw shade at us, Eric, I'm throwing it back. Uh, the character, this theoretically monumental, deserves someone. And she puts theoretically a monumental in, in quotes like that it is, but, you know, deserves someone who was more skilled at writing. As for the trial of the Amazons itself, so far, it is simply terrible. And this is something that I ended up saying. I, I wanted to know what she might have thought about this. Again, I don't know much of what's going on here because I'm not reading many comics so late, but I did feel. Like it did a great job of catching me up to speed. Plus the concept of the tournament where the prize is guarding the doors from hell seems silly. But as for what I think about the betrayal of the Escasitas, it was cringe-inducing. When Yara flies down on her Pegasus, what is she saying? Well, Eric, thank God I have a sound clip of exactly what she's saying, Eric. I know you love this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> one more time. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. That's what she yelled. I mean, seriously. Cringy, right? Is that supposed to be like the sound Native Americans make when they're ambushing the cowboys in a Western movie? So I said, always go with it, the idea of it's like a Xena yell. Now, it did say, well, let's think of it again here. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And also, we'll see, well, we'll see what the not. funniest thing when I was editing the podcast, because that is from our review on the TGI, I have to thank Broadus Friday deal. And you ended up saying, that as well, like the Xena. I was, I should have said, yeah, xenophobe warrior. <laughs> oh my god, it would have been great. I had these are the things. For a, day. <laughs> a whole day, Eric, and you allowed me. Thank you, Eric. That's why I love you so much. You're the best, Eric. You're the best, Eric. Oh, yes. So we end up continuing on here. And it, I did say that it just, it felt just like it was like, oh, look at these savages. It felt weird to me. Even worse, uh, if they're supposed to be seen as equal players in the contest trial, they are given comparatively uh, little to no space compared to the Themyscarian and the Benamigdalian of Amazons to show us this. And that is true. That was one of the things that we wanted more of, especially with, with that, the lack though, of information from it. We do have end. a trial of the Amazons Wonder Girl two-issue parts that go into this. So hopefully explore that further. Yeah, hopefully that's all that would be, that we're going to get more. Because we want to know more of the Escocita tribe. We we never really learned much of it. That book was delayed. The Wonder Girl book was delayed. We never really got much of anything. And then delayed her, forever. Yeah, where, where's that bus driver? I asked John if it were possible that Jow? this was meta, yeah, meta commentary. He's looking through like lost and found shit for a wardrobe, uh, from the writers on how the world overlooks indigenous people. So she's even trying to make it make sense of the idea that that was a meta commentary. You know, oh, they're not being shown to because that's what he, and he says most comic writers don't have that level of depth. I like the idea of the chat. like, you think it too into this year? Well, the thing uh, is, I just really hope that by the end, Yara 4 Wonder Girl will be, like, you know, more remembered or just used more than the character that Jeff Lemire came up with, Equinox, who was that Cree Native Ontario character that came out for Justly United. It was a big deal for this originally, like, Native Cree 
you know, character to come out, and then she just kind of disappeared. Yeah, and nobody remembers her anymore. Yep. This is sad to me. I do not have the same love for comics that you all do, but this seems like a nephew to anybody thinking that Yara and her people would be a big role in this event. We'll see. I mean, DC still seems to want to push at least Yara, so we'll see how that goes. That's all I can really think about at this point because they had so little to do on this issue. Maybe I'll write in at the end of the event and let you know what I it's think. It's so little then. to do and because of how little we know about her and her tribe. She, they just felt out of place to begin with because they just show up like, and you're sitting there wondering because of the, like, the background and the history of the Band of Megdal and the Femiscans, like, who are you and what are you doing here? Yes, you're Amazons, but why do you get to sit with the big boys over here? Because we don't know anything about you and neither does the reader. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> when that happened, it was a weird kind of jump because they show up. Hey, what up, people? <laughs> and they seem like everybody was taken aback. And then two pages later, they're just there in a meeting room without anything in between. Nothing where you saw them. And even when it was funny because you ended up having Wonder Woman. I'm going to go talk to them. No, no, no. Just talk to, you know, Queen. And you Berger could have had an exposition going forward because you had Donna Troy and Cassie Sandsmark, who are a part of this tribe, just hanging out. Well, not a part like that, but just hanging out. Who could have given us, us and the Femiscarians and Benedict the exposition that we needed? Wait a minute. Let me see what Yara thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, I agree, Yara. It is bullshit. You, you get that, Eric? I, I don't know if you heard what she said. Uh, what, what was I'm that, playing Yara? my fire <laughs> <character> <laughs> over here. I, I know Eric's a jerk, but I still love him. I do, and I'm not going to hear careless whisper. Uh, and he, she says, Thank you. thanks, guys. And then John, again, not going to say much more beyond the whole event and the buildup. Had been lackluster. Again, I asked, why is it so hard for DC to find someone not named Greg Rucker to write the competent Wonder Woman book? The last time I speculated on who I wanted on the book, it landed us G. Willow Wilson that I wanted as well. I thought that was going to be great. That fizzled out. And I do think that they keep getting people who not necessarily love the character Wonder Woman. They just want to be on the Wonder Woman book, or that's what they're going to do for their deal. And it just never seems like you get. I'll tell you, Clune Red. They may not be able to get out of their way. I do think that they like the character actually more than some of the others. I think Steve Orlando did too. It just never played out well. You got the embassy though. So maybe I'm not the best at picking writers for Diana LOL. However, and that's the thing. If you think about like who would take the place, I think that maybe we'll probably, you know, we have that evolution book, Stephanie Phillips book, but maybe she'll do it. Or if they were going to go out, you well, she just did get that tattoo. Yeah, I know. But she does the evolution book, but maybe that's like the trial run. That's its own trial of the Amazons there, Eric, if you know what I mean. I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> and so then the you go, I gotcha. and maybe they get, like, I'm telling you, the, the names that pop in are like the usual. So like a Kelly Thompson over at Marvel, if they can grab her or something. But maybe just get somebody that has a really good story. That we they want to tell, right? Before on the back row book. Hopefully they can bring her yeah. back to DC. Yeah, we actually like that. I enjoy her writing. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually like that too. So, so ever I've been reading the indie book Monstrous by Marjorie Liu lately and really enjoying it. She has so many layers of depth to her mythology and world building. There you go. Maybe that would be it. I think she'd kill it doing a revamp of the Wonder Woman corner of the DCU. And so here tonight, I officially endorse, endorse Marjorie Liu. I hope I'm saying that right. To do just that once Dark Crisis ends and we get our new 52.0 initiative. You heard that here first, folks, he says, LOL. Yeah. And maybe that is like we talk about the idea of a reboot. Not many people want a reboot because, you know, you throw some, but 
Wonder Woman seems like you might need that. Maybe certain books can get it. Maybe they can hammer out one time. Because every time somebody jumps in, you don't know what's going on. Next thing, they're in the lasso. Then the lasso can cure blood diseases. I don't know what this well, thing even with there. that Greg Rucker, which is a run that we enjoyed, he jumps yeah. in and says, all that stuff in the New 52 that just rebooted this character and gave her Defender of Legend, that was a lie. <laughs> it was all wacky. All right, Kilgrims, that's enough for now. Love you both. Love you, John, and all of our fam in the GF suit. Mm-mm. Talk to you all in the Slack this week. Of course, me and him will probably argue with each other. I look, I, I can't help myself. John Wayne will come in and he's like, I think that this should be this. I'm like, I don't want to rain on this parade, but I don't but think you that do. would work. It's just me and him. He knows what's going on. He knows I'm right there for him stuff. But he says best, John Wayne. When me and John Wayne talk privately in the DMs, we're nicer to each other. <laughs> We're not mean to each other otherwise, but all of that, that's the mail. Thanks, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that. And if you want to get involved in the mail, and we do read all of the mail, even if, like in J-Man's case, I didn't see it, and that's a week late, but still, we end up reading it. Email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And now we're going to go off two more books and this podcast proper, Eric. Proper. Proper. Listen about a family who screwed in the head. Eating human flesh, barely kept the family fed. Then one day, Billy shooting at some food, and an up from the ground came a buckling crew. Cannibals, Texas Chainsaw, Beverly Hillbillies. Well, the first thing they did was pay off the chick. Framed old Billy, told everyone he's sick. The court declared Arkham's where he's gonna be, so they all got rid except for Uncle Billy. Fall guy, idiot, moron. Texas Chains. Wait, it's uh, the Beverly Hill. No, the, the Samson family. The Joker. Oh, yes, Eric, it is the Joker. We end up having a, a bit of the Samson family, and that's probably oh, the now. Samson family. Because, yeah, this is the full out deal. And the, the shame about this, and it has a punchline back as well, the shame is that this stuff is getting rushed to an end, and it's kind of obvious. I ended up saying to you that I didn't think they'd continue on. Now, at one point, we thought the book would go to 16 issues, whatnot. Even then, you end up changing some things. It is kind of a shame that they didn't end up giving this book to somebody else. It's a big seller. I think that they thought with Tyne and not there, it won't sell as much. But it's a shame that you didn't get to tell a longer form story because this book just ended up getting wacky. What was meandering around a lot, just talking about like the same things with Jim Gordon over and over again? And with that, though, we had the same thing with Tynan on the JLD. He ended up on this book. He yakked, he yak a lot. And then by the time he's like, oh, I don't intend to do it. I'm off. And Ramby had to come up, pick up the pieces and leave some things behind with that because there wasn't enough time. And this just ends up where I like this issue, though. And it seems like I had so much fun with this issue. I just wish we would have had more time, though, to kind of go. And the, the whole thing with Bane, that seemed very too much like, well, we got to resolve this in a quicker way so we'll just have it right here hey by the way bane did a day and that seemed weird from what we saw still before. seems weird and i'm hoping there's a big explanation in the final issue next month yeah you would hope and, and then the thing about you know all these clones who are being made and everything, like everything seems like it's almost getting swept aside to just have this deal. and so it's a shame because like vengeance the character i really do enjoy the Samson family are just horrific, but they're kind of in a fun way and a, a goofy deal. And because deal. of that, though, how heavily it's inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, I might be your bias, but I feel like I'm biased with this just because of how much 
I love this Texas cannibalistic family. Do you, Eric? You love this so much. Would and you this became a wholesome comic during this issue. It did. And, and that's what we had with that. And James Tynan is, says he is, and he has a bunch of horror comics. And with that, I think that that might have been the thing if this book continued or at least had this first story a little longer. You did get that grab bag of things. I mean, Vengeance shows up and that's action packed, right? That's the action deal. But then you also get the horror deal. Joker, it's funny because he's just like thrown in there. And he's a side so, character in his own story. Oh, that, the, the weird thing about this issue to me, and it makes me laugh when we get to it, because I swear to God, you end up having like one panel where Gordon just has one and he's smoking. I think he should have the popcorn and he should be eating it on the side because shit's just going off all around <laughs> him. And the guy's just there smoking a pipe. I want the popcorn. But it just ends up where... I do think Tynan is trying to figure out, okay, I got to get out of here. I only have a couple more issues. But again, if we could have gotten more of this, and, and I, I think it would have been really, really cool. But what are the credits for this there? The Joker, number 13, penultimate issue, written by James Tynan IV, with backup by Sam Johns, R5, Giuseppe, Camicoli, Cam Smith, Arif Prianto, and Tom Napolitano. And for the punchline backup, we have Belen Ortega, Luis Guerrero, and Becca Carey. And you start this whole thing out with a Texas Chainsaw Massacre smorgasbord where a bunch of people in the Samson family are just sitting around eating eyeballs, fingers. I would never eat eyeballs, well, right? The thing is, you say this, but I'm looking like there is a problem here. Just because of like, you, you want a cannibal, you think Hannibal Lecter, or just like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family in general. But just like when you have the things that you have that you want to eat and you have all these things out there, you have little hors d'oeuvres of eyeballs and like, Finger sandwiches, like, are you just sitting there nibbling on fingers? Because it's less meat than a buffalo chicken wing. But when you have teeth, teeth, it's like a spot show with, with teeth. And so, and then you have tongue sandwiches with tongues. I mean, they're real tongues, human tongues. And so, some hand, hands and green beans. There's, there's two things that are missing here. First off, I did want chilled monkey brain. That doesn't make sense. But no, the chilled human brain, that would have been funny. But, you have said the joke that they don't go with. Also, the idea of finger sandwiches would have been great. Or just, oh, my God, look, finger food. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's good. Food. But the idea later where, and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I need the Joker to say, hey, by the way, you better cook me right or I'll taste funny. You need <laughs> that. You have said that. Oh, that's, that is. That's full classic deal with that. I do like the angle here, though, because the idea of how. You know, how did I get so rich? Well, you kind of got rich by getting caught hunting people and then a fall guy like the the song deal and you had oil money. That's fine. I like this play, though, that it's more of the refined Samson family where there are pieces of shit rich people who want a thrill. They have never had eyeballs. They've never had. Samson family has for a long time, though, ever since that, just because even the idea where it does look like we possibly have this human, you know, who are being served up here, we do know that their association with the network that does help criminal activity or escape, you know, like getting caught. Is this the idea that these are part of the clones that we know like previously that they have been given to eat? Yeah, and it may be, and that that lessens it, right? It's not as bad. I don't know. Sure. But I I do like like they're they're having this feast and I could see them entertaining a lot of rich to do people. I mean I'm talking I'm not talking like millionaires. I'm talking billionaires that would come and you know you have how to hit it is. Billion point to become a cannibal. Well, in my that's mind. That's the thing. At a point when you, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And the idea of a billionaire, what they can have anything. So wouldn't they want the forbidden, Eric? And that's why they. And I that intrigues. Well, me. it's such a funny concept though of all the things that because we have this like all out splatterfest going on when Vengeance shows up here to interrupt this big cannibalistic family dinner that you have. 
when you have that, it's like a Friday the 13th slasher thing with the themes of like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But even when she shows up and sets the oil derricks on fire, now it's become like nothing but trouble with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase, it feels <laughs> yes. like. Yes, it's crazy. And the weird thing about it is, I mean, she sets the, uh, the oil and they don't really bat an eye at this. I thought they'd be a little more upset. With what's going on, but I like the idea where vengeance comes in, just starts wrecking house. Like she's she is superhuman, like a Jason Voorhees coming here, just tearing people apart. The idea where you're not going to be able to waste too much time now. You only have a couple issues, so she is punching trucks. And oh, she, she, you know, I mean, when you have the family get involved, and you have the big like the the heir to the cannibalistic slasher, a parent of Buddy Samson here, who's wearing a mask similar to his Uncle Billy's mask, and she he goes up to gold against vengeance. She does pull a Friday the 13th Part 8 and just, you know, uppercuts his head right off his body, just like Jason did to the fucking boxer. Exactly. And even then, I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking more, and it's not like action movie. It's more like you said, Jason, the deal. But it's the action in this where she comes in, and again, there's an intriguing part of her, though I think it's not going to play out as much as it's going to kind of do. Vengeance we had with Gordon Where she has teamed up with Gordon She has to kill the Joker Because she's been programmed to kill him And that's the only way that she can Kind of get rid of that one need She's the programmed, she to, is do programmed this. to do this But the thing is Does she want to kill the Joker for all that he's done And stuff like that For like Santa Prisca and stuff But is it the idea that she wants to do this as well To prove to herself that I want to do this It's not for my program But like honestly that's a circle you're never going to get out of running around like, And I even go with the idea that she's just like I got. It's like a headache I, I gotta get rid of this I gotta get rid of this whole deal And I'll go with that But the Joker when he starts it He does have a point And that's the thing is Through all of this we haven't had a lot of the Joker So when the Joker's here in a cage And we've got the chef He's yelling at the cook I, I thought it was hilarious And hey, it cookie. shows you It shows you that Maybe we should have got more Joker because when he talks with vengeance, it's that, you know, Joker who's half crazy is too smart for his own. Like all those things wrapped up in one. It's a really good Joker here. We just never got a lot of it. And and so by the end of here, we just and we know we know that Bane did the idea and it wasn't the Joker. So you have all that where you're like, hey, he's got to get away somehow. Plus, it's a Joker. And I really like the interaction with it. And I mean. Vengeance is awesome. I really, really like her. I really think that she's a cool character. And it's not one of those that they're trying to push. Like, oh, it's it. Bane's Bane and he's still going. You know, Bane's Bane and the man's the same, right? You have Vengeance coming in here because she finally, you know, she tears through the entire Samson family except for, like, you know, the main Samson, like, you know, patriarch of the household and his niece here who, like, Billy's sister, which I still don't remember her name. I don't think they say it enough in this whole thing for me to actually know who that is. But they get away with the idea that we got to call the network to sort the shit out. But it seems like, except for those two, the entire Samson family has been obliterated by vengeance. She lets them go to go after the Joker. She does. And the Joker is crazy. He's always trying to taunt Batman, do the unthinkable, and actually kill. Go against your moral code and make you as bad as I am. That is the Joker's thing whenever he goes up against Batman. But when you do this with vengeance, who you've just seen his murder people, like, that is not the smart play right now. Do not taunt her to the point where you want her to kill you because she will. She'll do it. And and again, that's that's why I like I like the Joker when he's written in this way where you start then to think, you know, beyond the issue, like, does he want to die? I mean, I kind of might want to if I ended up having that awfulness. And, and so with that, you never know because he's just crazy and, and that sort of thing. But at the one point when you do legitimately have vengeance running to try to get to the Joker and you do have. You know, the the family, the, the head of the Samson he's going, hey, come on, girl, let's oh, go to shit. the same like, oh, crap. They're going, that panel where it is 
where she's there, you get a bunch of panels behind her in a, in a cool way that they played out where she's just destroying everybody. But even that, she's got like the tongues and she got a knife. Like they are trying to stop her desperately and they, they're not succeeding. And that's when she buddies head just he loses his head there and all that stuff goes on. But all of that continues. And like I said, when you go to the Joker and that chef is face down <laughs> on the grill, on the grill, it's awful. <laughs> it's just awful. And I like the idea where she grabs him. And I really wish he had shoes and they came off when he grabs him, like, hey, get back here. Yeah. And so she ends up trying to decide for herself. Should she kill him? Is this going to make him feel better? And he just keeps better? pushing her buttons. The idea, you're not special. You are just another freaking, you're just a clone. You are a knockoff of something. You are never, you're not even your own person. And to the point where she is about to pound his head against the freaking wall, splatter style, when she's only stopped by Bane and says, Hello, daughter. It's time we spoke. And I'm like, how the hell did this entire issue go by this fast? And they're like, oh, it's a Tom Taylor style to the degree how fast things were. I had so much fun, though, with the action and the quick pace of vengeance, just tearing apart the Samson family out of because, nowhere. Again, you want to see this family get some come up. Oh, yeah, they're I awful. mean, they're awful. So it's fun. But having the Joker there as almost a sympathetic character at one point, but you're, you're wondering how it's going to go. So I did enjoy it. But I did like the way the Joker, because the Joker. He, he's talking the truth, but he shouldn't do this. He's he's messing himself up. But he says at the one point, "You need meaning." Well, screw that. You know, f that. There's no meaning here. You want to kill me because it feels good because it was programmed in you to feel good. You just wanted some excuse to make you feel noble about it because you're some nobody. Some and basically says you're nobody and you're trying. It's not going to work. Whatever. But hey, fuck it. Kill me. Whatever. Even the idea of the legacy that he's talking about, like, you are nobody, because even when people talk about me and my death, they're like, oh, isn't it wild that the random chick just punched a joker to death in Texas? Yeah, that, that's not going to. And she says at one point, you know, I don't care about that. I don't want recognition. But, but you the need thing meaning. Is, yeah, the meaning will be there where he does laugh. Like, oh, they're going to say some chicken or a wrestling mask ended up doing, oh, my God, do you hear that? The I mean, joker. The idea when he goes for it, and like, you were born in a tube, right? So you're about a year old. See, that's how I hope they remember it. Did you know that Joker got killed by a giant, giant baby? baby? It's the giant babies. But yeah, so you end up where Bane stops and says, hey, daughter, we have some. That's where Gordon, that's all. He, I swear to God, he should, he should have the popcorn. Oh, my goodness. This is going to get good. The loose ends and things I need, like I need in the next issue. For the Bane to describe everything about A Day, why he did yeah. this, how he survived this, the freaking, you know, the zombie we have in Tesla Z right now. And even Cressida and her association yeah. with the Court of Owls, I need to have all of this explained to me in one more issue. Maybe there'll be some, maybe you can do something where, you know, and, and Tynan leaving the deal doesn't mean that he's just gone, gone, and he's allowed to write other things. He went to the whole deal, uh, I can't remember what the hell it's called now that, that's, you know, Psy Substack. Right. That's not like an exclusive thing. You can do other things, whatever. And he has already had an announcement of something else that he's doing. So maybe it's one of those, and it says to be concluded, but maybe if there's some loose ends, you could have a two or three issue thing. Legends, that, daughter of Bane. Have it in the urban legends. You have the back characters True. in there. If you have that book, do some light, and maybe we'll be able to get a little bit more if we don't the get white the witch. thing. We're going to learn about Court of Owls and the right. daughter of Bane. I mean, seriously, there's some bigger things going on than the white witch. So Maybe that, but maybe he'll, maybe he'll tie it up pretty well or whatnot. But I, I had fun with it as well. Again, I know, you know, the whole thing factoring in. It's getting rushed to an end. It's a shame. 
but I still ended up. I like Vengeance. It's a character that I really like from this one. She looks badass. And we get the Samson family, too. It's something that this book hasn't really done, and maybe to its detriment as we end. You, you always had, like, well, we're going to have two issues with Vengeance, sitting and having tea or, you know, in a cafe with, with Gordon. Then we'll go say, this one has a bunch of things, and it's fun. and It's fun in a horrific way, but I did enjoy it now. Speaking of things getting rushed, Eric, and coming what to a conclusion. What this week is the trial of the century, the trial of the Amazons, or the trial of Punchline, which has come, and by the end of this little backup, has gone. And I can't believe we had all this build up to try to get all the witnesses we need for the trial to finally show up in the idea that the jury just deliberates for, what, an hour or something like that? 45 minutes or something? But, and they find her not guilty when this woman has that audacity. Even the judge said, Alexis, Alexis Key, sh- okay, shows up in her punchline costume and pretty much all of this stuff. We have Colin Rowe show up and actually says the idea of like, you know, the big idea that her, her sister Harper Rowe went in there and attacked punchline and all these things. Everybody's lying on stand and now it's appalling when Colin Rowe's lying on the stand to try to save his sister and put punchline behind bars. Everybody just finds Everything's her innocent. Rushed. I like the idea too where Colin's there. Is this your sister? And you, you know nope. it is. And he goes, no. And uh, what do you mean, no? And he's like, oh, my God, the Royal Flush Gang was forcing me to. Right there is where they say, okay, Seriously, mistrial. We're done. Let's start this over. And so with that, too, I can only think that I'm thinking of, like, my cousin Vinny, uh, obviously, because this is a trial. Like, and obviously, that's the only thing we know about exactly. anything trial-related. only thing. But I will tell you, though, that there's a couple weird things in this. The idea where you have what. What is she on trial for? I mean, is she on trial for multiple murders? Is she on trial for be- so if it is, which I think so too, but I don't know that they ever really fully spelled out. It was always just you're on trial for being an associate of the Joker, but I think it would be murder. Now, with that, I don't think that anybody in that courtroom judge gives a rat's ass how good she's been since then. This is what we think is a murder trial. And you're trying to tell me that they're going to go say Charles Manson. Oh, you know what? Since Charles Manson got arrested, he hasn't really done that many bad things in prison. Oh, yeah, that's great. But we think he murdered people before he got there. Like, what does this have to do with it? And then uses that as almost like the play of then when she gets on the stand, it's all wonky and it's going to be. It's a comic book. But she just says, well, you know, I think that people love me. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people love some awful people. There are people who send, you know, want to marry serial killers and shit. That doesn't mean anything either. And the idea that she was waiting for a trial. Now I'm starting to wonder why she was in Blackgate because she was waiting for trial. She should Our have been in her are, own little deal. But this is more of nitpicks. And beyond whatnot, a security guard of a prison saying, yeah, she's pretty good while she's in there. She's attacked <laughs> by the orca and stuff like that. But she's been yeah, pretty good. Alexis K., her main defense is her saying, if I'm found guilty, I can be put to death. But that's not why I'm afraid. I'm afraid to the precedent it sets for everyone in Gotham. Joker will strike again. And when he does, all that anger and fear Gotham feels will swell up and demand the blood of someone else. Next time it'll be one of your sons or daughters unlucky enough to be near him. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would say, okay. Innocent, not guilty. <laughs> That's fine there, Alexis. That's fine. And then you're in your Gotham costume. doesn't hey. want to see itself. I'm afraid I'll be found guilty, not because of my actions, but because if I'm found innocent, Gotham has to admit the truth. Gotham City fucking loves the Joker. I could just imagine. I get a, unfortunately, I go on a killing spree, Eric. Who knows? I mean, some people out there are like, that sounds you know, like reasonable. I end up and I go and I'm on trial. They go and they're like, okay, Jim, 
year that first off they're allowing her to just spout off nonsense nobody's really like there's no any sort of thing going on she's in costume have this in costume i go in and i'm in my costume my murder costume it's actually shorts and a hoodie so i sit there and they say okay jim we're just gonna let you you say whatever and say what you want i'm like listen you think that i'm bad philadelphia they beheaded the hitch spot. I am just a product of my city, and this is the thing: if you kill me, all the hitch spots are going down. They're going to sure. go down. They're going to come for your blood and oil. Oh my Everybody's god! Everybody's going to throw snowballs at Santa Claus. I mean, just think of any murder trial where you would have this, where the person would be allowed to say this and then just spout nonsense, and then them saying, "Well, that horrific guy. Oh, what John Wayne Casey? He was real nice in prison when we got him. Oh my God, a model prisoner. Yeah, he's going to be a model prisoner for a real long time because he killed him." And so, but ultimately, though, we're worried about Cohen Rowe at the end of this. This should just be a mistrial anyway. Yeah, I mean, now just that Cohen has perjured herself and the involvement in the Royal Flush Gang and everything like that. Like you know, Doctor Leslie Tompkins believes that they'll try to go after Cohen and Harper. Yeah. So that is the big deal. Put I'm telling you, bars. the funniest thing in this. Now, you have to go to the last. Are you on the last page of the issue? The celebration of the lawyer. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the one fist and he's doing like the, the under fist deal. I'm like, look at this dude. And then you just have punchlines, you know, laughing and, yeah, look at me. All right. Yeah. I am kind of afraid, though, going forward, if it's going to be some weird thing where Colin is afraid for himself and his family with everything that's been going on. Punchline is free. And, you know, his sister's been trying to do the right thing this whole time while Colin has been, you know, injecting himself in the freaking Royal Flush Gang. And there's like and the podcast of Punchline being on the wrong side, essentially, this whole time up until now and last issue. If it's going to be this weird thing where we just go out there, like she's an innocent woman, she walks out the courtroom, and he's there with a gun and kills her. Oh, I, I actually think I was just going to say, I think this might end it's with Jack a, Ruby. I think it's a Jack Ruby, Lee Harvey Oswald deal. I think that, and we'll be led to believe, like, oh my God, she might be dead. <laughs> like, they'll have that thing where it might end up being her not being dead, but she's shot. I think it's a full Jack Ruby deal where, boom, shoots, and then you just end, and we're like, what the thing? So... With that, we Colin, what did you do? The right thing. What was you right? You're welcome. <laughs> you end up having that. And so all of this where, again, I will say it once again, this stuff is rushed. We know that. But the Joker part of it, that's that we like that. But this ends up almost like a slap in the face of like eh, anything again, you did I before. Can't tell you that matter. entire trial of punchline wouldn't have been all that appealing. It's kind of boring sounding to begin with, but one backup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have at least liked the idea that they ended up cross-examining things and, and maybe threw out some of the things she was on trial for and maybe do that, maybe have some video evidence. I don't know because the, it was a th- – they were on thin ice, the whole deal of both sides. They even say it at the beginning. Neither side, but this is a mistrial. There's no way anything of this would stick. They would have to redo all this. And and really, I said it at the beginning, I think that this trial, number one, should have been out of Gotham. And that's just particulars and things. I'm no pizza lawyer, Eric, but it just felt goofy by the end of like, up, yep, you said that. But the art looks great. Yeah, I love the idea. What? If we say you're guilty, the Joker will attack again? Innocent. Now, that doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. So. With this, what do you give this overall? I like the Joker a lot, and even with that, the art and that's great. The story with Vengeance is going all horror movie about it. It was a great fast-paced issue that got us to a great cliffhanger with Bane showing up with Jim Gordon. I can't wait to see what happens next to this. They got a lot of splaining to do. The, the punchline backup was rushed. It wasn't very entertaining, but it's been 
middling for the most part this entire Joker run. The art still looks great, but even with all these factors, I'm going to give the Joker number 13 an 8 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 7.5. And and that's actually more. We're about that. I keep saying every time we do this, it really is funny. I'm usually about a half to one point below you because I haven't enjoyed it as much. But I did like this. Like you said, I, I had some fun with the Joker part of it. It's weird. Because most of the reviewers who seem to have been loving it, they, they, now they're bailing on it. They're saying, you know, your review, your score was a lot higher than some of the others with it. And some of the people who were really enjoying it. I really enjoy Vengeance and the Samson family, too. I so. do, too. And I'm, I'm wondering, is it just because it's rushed and they're pointing out because I read some of the reviews and it just almost seems like they're like, yep, I don't have to kiss Tynan's butt anymore. Let's go and give it this. It felt weird that everybody kind of turned on it because I thought it was fun enough with the circumstances behind but we're going to finish off the podcast with a banger as they say eric is, is this book a gem i don't know what Maybe am i to people. say yeah now some people seem to like it but hey it's Batgirls number four and it is written by becky clone and michael w conrad with art by jorge corona sarah stern becky carey and corona. that's it ah, that's it yeah that's all the cover so you end up with all this going on and it continues to be what seems to be a younger version of both yeah. Steph and Cass. They aren't very capable. They're very, I, I'm not even going to say jokey. They're just a little flighty with things and just seem like two young girls trying to figure out what they can do and whatnot when you have these characters that are well established and can do things. So if you can kind of get your mindset around that, I still think you won't like it because the story makes no sense. Well, at that's points. the thing you is, just, the book is overcrowded with concepts yeah, and ideas so of what it wants to do because we have the seer, we have the saints, we have the tutor, we now have a spellbinder on top of it. We have like a serial killer running around the hill neighborhood that they're living in now. You have all these things. And even Barbara says, we've got to focus on one thing right now. We've got to focus on the tutor and we're going to do that. But the entire issue, instead of focusing on the details of what is actually going on, we have to make jokes about their stolen car, Bondo, which seems like weird to me that like Barbara still hasn't picked up on this, especially when she expects these two girls to take a captured tutor at the end to her art. I, and I have to imagine maybe it's not Barbara and just to see her in disguise, like over the comm system. But the idea that we have to take the tutor to her art therapist friends from college to, instead of the police department or yeah, anybody make, that else. That makes no sense at all. And that that's really but bothered they, she me. she expects them to do it on a moped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that bothers me as well. But the idea that you have taken down a villain who was mind-controlling people in town, he was stealing. I mean, just somehow. the littlest thing of stealing stuff, whatever. This is somebody that should be arrested and then let the, you know, the deal. I know that Gotham isn't well known uh, with their mental health deal, if that's what you think. But to send him directly yeah, by don't you. Send him to the tower. Yeah, really. But <laughs> sa- saying that you're going to send them to your old plane to do art there, that's nonsense. That's over the top nonsense that makes no sense. And so that's kind of the framework of everything going on. Well, but you you're have right. These characters, you have the bad girls, one of them being one of the most capable people in the bad family, being Oracle and stuff like that, Barbara Gordon. And the idea when they come across this person, Charles Dante, who used to be, you know, romantically involved, it seems like with Barbara in college, the idea that they, uh, Steph and Cass come across this guy, like, oh, I saw you at that exhibit. And the idea was Steph even thought to herself, well, that's weird that he says this because I was in costume the whole time. How would he know this? And the idea then later on that Charles uh, Dante, Seems to know that bar, like, you know, Batgirl is working, or Barbara at least is working with the Batgirls, that she's called ahead for them then to drop off Dante to, or a tutor to his, uh. And tutor seems to be knowing him as I well. I don't understand. Yeah. And he's Spellbinder and all this stuff going on. So the weird play, though, again, it starts and ends for me 
with the idea that you end up having what would be cool if it was set up in a way that made sense of Steph and Cass learning about things, especially Cass. She's ending up, she wants to, you know, learn to read a little better and learn a little more of that. And Steph, in the meantime, is trying to play off that idea of how she reads body language and trying to learn that. That's pretty cool. But it's done in such a jokey way that it irritates me. And really, this is the thing. When did you end up deciding that the idea is that you have an editor being a fourth wall breaking part? I don't care this. I think that it's nonsense. It throws me out all the time. I don't care about an editor is one of those things. It's almost to me. The editor is one of the things like an, an umpire in baseball. This narration is essentially ambush bug talking yeah, me the is. whole time, and, and so, I don't need that. And that's the thing. Like a, an umpire in baseball, the best thing that you can say about an umpire at the end of a game is, you know what? I didn't even realize there was an umpire because they just did the flow of the game. An editor you should say be there. That, and I would say my favorite part about an umpire is Leslie Nielsen. Well, that would be. But, and again, he inserted himself. But you, you end up where an editor... Do your editor job. And whether or not you're actually writing this, it might be Clunrad, whatever the deal may be, but it throws me out, especially in other books, and maybe this where I'm like, come on, edit some of this. Stop your nonsense here and get going. And I'm telling you, I keep saying it. I don't know if I'm the only one that bothers, but the idea with the art having these splotches all over the place just irritates me to no end of why you have to keep doing this, where it looks like he gets done the art, and then sprays it with black ink. black ink there. And I don't know what the play is there. And I, it drives me nuts. Style. You end up having Bondo being this. There's some parts of this that it, if you ended up doing something a little better with it, it might be something. But the book is so Let's take it to the streets on Smash Mouth and hell everybody who hates Alistar. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> the thing is, it, 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 it does get annoying. But not now. That's the funny thing. It's almost like Clunrad and you know, Michael W. Conrad. He's like, you know what I hated back in the day? Every time I turned on the radio, I heard that all-star by Smash Mouth. Because it was. I mean, you know. It was oh, on yeah. all the time. So he has to make a finagled, oh, gold, man. Yeah. He has to make a finagled way for it to be now so they could get irritated. But the editor, she loved it, Eric. Jessica loved it. And I'm like, I talk about this on Twitter or something. Go and do, do DMs. I don't need it in the book here. It's throwing me out of this. But they end up just kind of going from scene to scene, trying to learn. I, I can't even explain how well, the, the thing is. We, we want to pinpoint what we're doing in Batgirls right now because it is this flooded with concepts and ideas. But even with the idea that they actually say we have to focus on what we want to do, we're going to go after Tudor. We still have to put in the Saints who are watching the Batgirls. We still have to have stuff worried about the landlord being the serial killer and how strong he is with books and shit like that. And we're still just doing the same things that we were doing, but saying we're not doing it. One panel. Man, that seer got into the computer, but I get her out. All right. Yeah, you, you just keep hopefully. throwing that in, hopefully. So well, like I say you hopefully, said but hopefully end. not, just because I really need this not to be Barbara at the end because it doesn't make any sense for me to for her and tell the girls to go see Charles Dante with this freaking, you know, guy who was using fear talks to control people. How in that? Well, again. Who doesn't have a face? The bad, the bad family isn't so smart at points the because the idea that they're going back, oh, hey, you're going to go and get Tudor? Well, here, I'm going to give you a mask so that you don't, in, you know, get the fumes. But the problem is, is that Steph was all, mind controlled as well. She had a mind whammy. It was more than that. And now she goes and gets mind whammy again. You just do the same thing. There's but don't no worry, way. Jim, because even though we have a way to prevent anybody from getting mind whammied and Steph still gets mind whammied, she is brought out of the whammy through the power of hugs and friendship. Yeah, I actually think the whammy is a, it's weird to play. 
because she's not like I think a, it's a techno thing that went with the email that she sent to Spellbinder so that's previously. Why you shouldn't have sent her. <laughs> you should have gotten somebody else because because she has already been whammy. She's going to get whammy again, and she does only to show and to set up. I thought we were besties, best friends. All right, hug it out. It just ends up feeling like a weird attempt at a young adult book, but not quite, and being too convoluted for anybody to follow because there's too much going on. And yes, the art is stylistic. It's very purple and black. I don't care in for your it. Face. I don't either because it's hard to follow the progressions at times. It's one point to be stylistic, but you have to be. I'd rather just have an art that's very easy to follow and go. And there, yeah, Bruno Redondo on the Nightwing book and on the Sue. That art is great and it's very easy to follow. So boom, you go. And, and this just ends up being this weird stylistic feel. But the idea that they, they capture Tudor, they take yep. him down, they end up lying that they're in Bondo. Again, I'm telling you, it, it's, to me, this is something that is not catching on and stop it. And then they end up giving them off to this guy. And we've already established, again, the trope. And they're going with it. Anybody that Barbara was ever interested in or ever besides had any Dick sort Grayson. of deal besides Dick Grayson, except maybe in the DC versus Vampires, Eric. You know, that's a uh, continuity. <laughs> but still, you end up where almost everybody besides Dick Maybe Bard as well. They all, Yeah. Uh, anybody who shows up that you didn't know before, <laughs> okay. right? The idea that isn't a hero, isn't a former Titan, like that sort of thing. If they show up and say... Hey, it's me, Johnny. Johnny, no good. I was going to say <laughs> Johnny. Charles Dante. I was gonna he's say a bad guy. Johnny Minnesota for some reason. Exactly. Johnny Minnesota. Hey, look at me. I'm Jimmy oh, Helsky. Bad. Nothing good look comes out of Minnesota. Oh, my God. Yeah, except fried foods. Hey. And then Johnny Minnesota goes, I hate fried foods. Oh, my God. He's the worst. So anybody who shows up and ever says, oh, that's my old flame. Arrest them immediately. I know that this is not what you should do. It's it's profiling, Eric, but I'm telling you, it works. But no, no. The thing is, sometimes profiling works, especially on this track record. Get the minority report deal. I'm a pre-cog guy. I'm like, this is not going to work out well. The first question is, did you ever sleep on Barbara's couch? Yes? Okay, you're in jail. Put the cuffs on, boys. Take them away, boys. And so it happens again. And it's weird because I'll tell you right now. While we say that we were comparing this to the Burnside Batgirl, right, and the idea of the concept or whatnot, I'm starting to think I might have liked that better. I don't know at this point. They're both bad. At least I could follow the story, and that had a talking motorcycle at one point. That's what I needed, Eric. The, the setting up motorcycle deal with Frankie doing the voice deal was cool. It took a while to get to that, but. Overall, with this, I just it ends up being just a new spellbinder, though, which I am happy that I was able to call from the first issue from one little picture that was a Batman Beyond reference. I'm telling you, in this though, that look of it, like what happened there? It got real wonky. You got horns coming out your eyeballs. What are you going to do? How does he say? I don't know. He sees a lot. He's horny. With that too, I don't know. He also has like a a belt chain that looks like a upside down question mark. Pretty cool way to have your wallet in your pocket, if you ask me. Right, Eric? Is that how you go? Just like the way you unzip your pants, huh? <laughs> I, I want to say strange pocket watch connection, but it also just seems to be a lapel on his chest, so I don't know what the, the chain's it's for. It's weird, right? But overall, I just at the end, I just sat there, and I'm like, I, I don't know what just hit me. So I, the I tutor really and Spellbinder, Charles Dante, have been working together this whole time. They know what's going on. Who, may, who knows? Maybe they are working for the Seer, who's also controlling the Saints, and maybe somehow disconnected that serial killer in the hill. But right now, the Batgirls are failing. Barbara is failing. And it's sad to see in a book that I don't even care for the art that much. No, look at that. Look at the look of Tudor. Let's put that mask back Go on. Go to the hospital. Holy moly. 
seriously. I mean, that, that no, I was going to say that nose, but there is none. It's not there. And yeah, that whole deal, like, listen, what's going on, Dante? No, when I'm in my costume, I'm <laughs> Dante. Who's Dante? He's, he's a method actor. He's a method actor. It's like when you end up having Val Kilmer when he's Jim Morrison. You don't say Val. You got to go Jim. So spell, spell, do it for me one more time. Just so you can really point out that this is nonsense. What would you give it? Uh, I want to go 4 out of 10, but honestly, I want to go 3.5 out of 10 for my whole, just because I'm not a fan of the art. I never have, but I'm not saying the art's bad. It's just not No, it's I just prefer. not our deal. And just the characterizations of everybody here, it just seems like they're thrown out the window so the writers can make silly jokes over the freaking... You have a point where, where cat, uh, Steph snaps out of her mind whammy, and instead of seeing what she's going to say, because, you know, that would be actually dialogue and character work, we have to have the narrator tell us, Oh, we don't want you to see what she's saying because boy, is she going harsh on Twitter. Yeah, and again, the narrator seems to be the other. It's just I it, don't need you nonsense. to ambush bug me here in this. It book. is just, ambush bugging it. Just write and draw a capable cast and Steph and Barbara Gordon because right now it's oversaturated with nothing. And that's the thing. That's the weird thing when we talk about the idea of the saints, Tudor, Spellbinder, all these things. Seer, the serial all that, killer. Then the serial killer. Then you throw in an omnipotent football breaking narrator that that muddies it up too stop stop just tell a story don't yuck it up like this with your yippins and the yappins as i say are but it, it really ends up where again like you said stylized art it's not my thing either and seriously there are a lot of people around the world that might be able to use that black ink stop just going with it stop throwing it all over your pages and it, it does annoy me but overall four out of ten i'll be a little more positive than you uh, but with all that, Eric, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie between I Am Batman and The Joker. Yeah, mine is actually I Am Batman that I really, really enjoyed. I thought that's really good and something that people should jump on and give it a try. You know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But if you haven't given it a shot or you heard some, you know, crazy Especially things about it. York. Yeah, give it a shot. It's like a new deal. You can just jump right in. It's really fun. Uh, and fun in a way that it's a well done story and, you know, awful fun, I guess. But. Here is what is next week. Two of these books will be on our Patreon spotlight picked by the badass of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> and we have a pretty big book that people were really looking forward to. Batman Superman World's Finest. Out Number of time, one. Superman Batman. And I think that that's going to be one that... I say out of time. Be. I don't know, want to confuse anybody. It's just stories that take place in the past. Yeah, I think that that's going to probably be on the Patreon. Just a little shot. I'm I never right. So. Never right. Right, right. But about that, that one, one I think I might be on. Batman the Night, number three, a book that, that you well, probably. surprisingly have been enjoyed because you, you weren't really into it. And you thought that the premise Last now, issue was really good. Yeah, and hopefully it continues on with that. Blue and Gold, number seven, a book that kind of like, Jim. It kind of just shows up, and we don't mind it when it does. It's just nothing that I think Solid of. seven. Hopefully we get higher than that with Jaime Reyes doing stuff this next issue. I mean, seriously, it looked like he had things coming in and out of his eyes and stuff. That yeah, last clip I was knocked out. Crazy, so good right? for him. Catwoman number 41. We're liking that. You actually uh, convinced me. You actually made my score go up last time we talked about it. So I hope that that continues. I mean, you convincing me, Eric. Detective Comics number 1057, part 11. Penultimate. So we'll Tell see. Jim. It continues. And don't forget about the boy. This, this really is the one where, I mean, all of this talk where if we're not going to get the answers, I mean, if we don't get them next uh, issue, then we're going to have the monsters, Jim. It'll be there. It'll show up. I love that you were just sitting there confused. Like, what does this mean that they're not reliable? <laughs> what does that mean? It's a cop out is what it is. Yeah, it is. Justice League number 74. That is the finale. 
two appendices run on the Justice League. And then League, we move so. on to 75 after that with the death of the Justice League. So if anybody's interested in the appendices finale here and the end of the Xanadal story, make sure you get on next issue's oh Justice League. Are you so <laughs> people, what is he talking about? Xanadoth, Jim. Yeah, Xanadoth, right? Every time I think the he, Lord he's... of the Lords of Chaos. Yes. Uh, Nightwing number 90. Getting close to that 100th, that wedding issue. Am I right? Some heartless, Am I this right? Issue. Hopefully. Hopefully we do get some Heartless. And actually some more of his sister. Yeah, a lot of people have been the Heartless's sister. I don't think she's been introduced there. No, Dick's sister. I know. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that issue 100 might be a Babs, a Dick wedding. That would be Why? Cool. We already saw that in Death Metal, Jim. I know you'll keep saying that. We also saw that the Penguin has sex with Penguins, no, no, we but didn't. you won't that do that. That was on Tom King's Twitter, not in the comments. Oh, I, I saw the page where he started talking about her beak and her feathers, and don't tell me it was being metaphorically uh, was. You know, awesome. Just like the Penguin does. No, I've never seen him do that. Yeah, he makes some puns and stuff, but you have the Slash number 780, which will continue. Eric's event of the spring, the war for Earth Three. Hopefully that will go somewhere, up. right? A lot of people like those first two issues a lot more than us, so maybe we'll. I like that first issue. The second one fell apart for me a bit. Yeah, maybe we'll get on the trolley with this. I, I'm worried about the idea of like, okay, now Wally has to get involved. You're also going to get Teen Titans Teen Academy Titans, involved. Yeah. We don't have a lot of ground where you know it's just going to be that. I, I'm, I'm afraid there's not going to be enough room for it, but we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to see. If that is good, Team t- our Titans United, number seven. That seven means hyper time. Our hyper time that story. Is the end of that. The Citadel showing up, Jim. Yeah, I mean, seriously, Erica, who, who would have thunk it? You end up with that book. It feels like one of those books, and we get these books. We haven't loved it, right? No. Yeah. But it feels like, like, I don't know why. It feels like it's all the our best book. Titans book we it have. It feels like it's a, like me and you, right? Because I don't see a lot of people talking about it on podcasts or anything like that. It feels like that's one of those books. It's just me and you getting together and talking just between the two of us and going because it does feel like if I said to you, let's not talk about it, feel weird not to finish it. But yeah, because I, I, but I'm not enjoying it. That's all I'm saying. But I'm hoping that it ends in some cool way. And it's like you said, the only way we're getting the Titans. And then Wonder Woman. Number 785, continuing the trial war of the t- Amazon. You say War of the Amazon. You, you say that? I had to at the last second change the title for the, the Thank Rod, it's Friday. I am War of the <laughs> Amazon. And we even said, I'm like, huh. And then I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm oh, shit. I got to change that before I put it up. But yeah, luckily I caught that. And if you are interested and you're reading some other things that we're not talking about, you get that Soul Plumber book, Eric. You know that one. Soul Plumber. You also plumber. get Robin's. Number five, well, not the Robin book. Like Don Cornelius. Yeah. You know, but actually, I want to do the announcement. Soul Plumber is what I got. <laughs> and then you have Wonder Woman Evolution, the Stephanie Phillips book. I don't hear anybody really talking about it, so I don't know if it's good or bad or indifferent. I did I have enjoy no it before we dropped it. Yeah, we did. But again, I, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. So with all that, like we said, two of those books will be on the Patreon spotlight. The way that you can listen to that is to go over to the Patreon at patreon.com. Slash Weird Science, just a shout out right here and now. The last week of this month of March, the podcast will all be on the Patreon. It is an annual week. It's pretty low, I know, but that's pretty the low, way Jim. we go. So if you want to get involved already, it, you wouldn't, Eric. We have a lot of other podcasts going on at our Patreon. Eventually, I'll have clips and things that I might play during the podcast, you know, in between things to let people know. I tried to do it, and I. I ended up tweeting out because I looked at the transcription. I saw that crazy. 
it, it made no sense. I'm telling you, we either have mush mouse, which that that's pretty Makes real, sense. right? But I'm looking and I'm reading this. I'm like, I didn't say. And then I'm looking at yours were worse. I was going to keep going with Makes this. Makes sense. I'm looking at, at one point. I, I don't know what it was telling me. I got to send you some of these things are just wacky. So I'm like, because I was going to look and read this and see, okay, that's a cool little deal. And then it gives me the timestamp. <laughs> it seemed like it'd be pretty quick. I'm like, it says that I had a blood crap yep. and that I was doing heroin, but I was doing straight up. I'm like, what is, am I singing straight up? I, Classic weird dual, science. I hope. Yeah. I'm like, I know that we have a wacky podcast, but seriously. Straight up heroin. You're gonna tell me that you're gonna love me forever? Yeah, oh, I, oh, oh. yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'll do all that. I'll, start dead. <laughs> I'll do all that. But that oh, no, is I'm on that. heroin, and I was involved in a hit and run. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 oh. Call me a lawyer, straight up. I'm telling you, I don't know what that blood crap disturbed me. Like, well, what <laughs> happened? Maybe it's like I ended up blacking out. I have some problems, Eric, and I don't know. We have some problems now and again, but. With all that, Mush thanks. Mouse. Thanks. <laughs> I think it is because I was even looking at the idea of like the way that it was trying to make sense of us talking about the uh, Legion of Superheroes. Like Mon L, you said at one point it was like yeah, mongrel something, and then another thing. It was just all over the place. Classic Jackson Mites. A bunch know, of mongrels, if you ask me. <laughs> seriously. So with all that, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for. Being part of the Get Fresh crew, the weirdos of the Get Fresh crew. And yeah, you all passed the test once again, got through it. And Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.